Welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 104, presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I can't get over how much I love the Edmonton Oilers. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he's wearing a teal hat. They're adding a blue heart teal emoji to iPhones. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing great. What's up, Travis? Ah, I like your hat, too. You always comment on my hat, but I like your hat. Thank you. Thank you. I normally wear sports hats, but every now and again, I like to Sub venture sports. out. Um, what's going on, Skokes? What's going on, Travis? Thank you guys for always joining. Um, Travis, I'm still waiting to hear from you if you're joining tomorrow, man. My DMs are open. Um, they're adding that color and a heart emoji on the, one of the new, next uh, iOS updates. So Good. when we tweet about the Kraken or the San Jose Sharks or the Seattle Seahawks, we can use a teal heart emoji. I think that'll be pretty dope. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done it already. I know. I know. I agree. I agree. Frank, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Hello to Tom. Oh, I miss Tom. Happy birthday, Tom. Yeah. Texted you on your birthday. Texted you on your birthday, but. It was a busy well, weekend. It was a busy weekend. I moved again. Um, and I'm probably not done moving. I have one more ahead of me. Um, what else did I do? I was dog sitting dog sitting right now that's why i'm not in my normal location um but opening days tomorrow for baseball hockey's going well um we got the summer upon us it's bright and sunny outside frank we got some big big fun ahead of us in the next couple months i would say i would say for sure absolutely some bachelor party talk i'm assuming will and grace this show over the next couple weeks because Frank and I are going to be attending a bachelor party together. Not next couple weeks necessarily, next couple months. Uh -huh. Me and Frankie are going to talk about how excited we are to go to strip club after strip club for <laughs> one whole straight weekend. You, you pumped? I'm pumped. I just watched The Hangover, dude. I'm just telling you, we're gonna we're gonna get uh we're gonna get some times going. I don't know if we're gonna all take a bunch of drugs that'll make us forget the whole weekend like they do in the hangover tattoo. i would that's the hangover too i just watched that too uh the mike tyson tattoo <laughs> yeah you want you want the mike tyson tattoo i'll get one yeah. i will absolutely get one. i'd rather the tattoo well yeah but you gotta do both <laughs> all right all right i'll cut off my finger like teddy and hangover too um we're gonna watch hangover three i think which is a better sequel to hangover one i love hangover those movies two. Yeah, no, Hangover 2, it gets a lot of hate. It gets a lot of hate because it's the exact same movie. And, like, it is the ex – I watched them back-to-back. -back. It is the exact same movie. Still funny as hell, though. Still funny as hell. Um, I'm excited, Frank. We got a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the world of hockey, and we are going to get to that in period number one. Period number one. 
I'm dying to know why the H, we are pissing the H off Foster covers. Fucking Foster. I don't know. I'm to, I think I'm allowed to call him fucking Foster now because that's what he made his name when he joined our show in a little open mic session last week on Crosstown Crosstown. What did we do? I think I think he's pissed at us. I honestly think Foster's pissed at us because we're making him like sports again, like outside of football. Did he hate sports? No, I think he was just like so in tuned with football that like he was out on hockey and baseball for a long time. And we've made him start liking sports again outside of football. And I've always said, I told Aldo the very first day I met Aldo, we had, we had a stream yard session. It obviously wasn't live or it might've been zoom. I don't remember me and Aldo, we met face to face for the first time. And I told him, I want hockey to be as popular in Chicago as football. It's not, but I believe it can be. And if the Hawks wouldn't have flubbed up what they had going, they have to really – you have to really, like, mess up royally to mess up what they had going on because I think they were the second most popular team in Chicago for a couple of years there. And then they let the Cubs won the World Series the year after the Hawks won their third cup and the Hawks started to fall off from there. The White Sox started to rebuild. The Bears had one playoff year. Every team in Chicago, even the Bulls, Das Bulls had a good year last year. Every team in Chicago has had an outstanding year since the Hawks last had an outstanding year. Yep. And most of them have had two outstanding years. The Bears are the only one that haven't had two outstanding years. Although they did go to the playoffs twice, the second time wasn't an outstanding year. That was the extra playoff team year, COVID, blah, 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 killed by the Saints in the first round. But – if the Blackhawks land Bedard or Fantilli and build this thing the right way and don't mess it up once they get to the top, I believe hockey can be equally as popular. I, I will always stand by that statement. And then we started doing the same thing with baseball. And I want baseball to be – I want those three sports and even basketball. I'm not a basketball guy. Like, that's not my, my niche. But I want every sport to be um, – I want every sport to be equal. I want everyone to have a slice of the pie. I love entertainment. I want everyone to enjoy it also. Foster says baseball, football, basketball, Hawks leaving alone till next season. That's probably fair, Foster. If the Blackhawks win the draft lottery, I would start bandwagoning them right then and there. I would, like, make it known that you're in on this team because I legitimately – and we're going to get to Connor Bedard in period number two. I believe he's a generational player. I, like – I watch him play. I was looking at his stats. I legitimately think he, as soon as next year, is one of the best players in the league. Top 50 player in year one. And then top 10 player in year two, probably top three player by the start of his prime. So really, really important that, you know, you give yourself the best odds at a guy like that. But, Frank, the Eastern Conference has been absolute heat this season. Absolute heat. Last year, the playoff race in the East was over in January, and that is no exaggeration. Go look it up. This year, there's a bunch of teams fighting for the postseason spot. One of them is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Did you see that Crosby backhand goal yeah. that came after a big play last week? Let me hear your thoughts and analysis on that. It was absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, Crosby's got one of the best backhands in the league. I mean, it was just silky smooth. Brought it, beat one defender, and then just put it over the right shoulder of Georgiev. And that goal was his 30th goal of the season. 
which also was the 11th 30th goal season that he's ever had, which tied Mario Lemieux for the most 30 goal seasons in Penguins history. That backhand is lethal. I mean, just watching Sidney Crosby silky smooth smooth hand. I know he's not as agile as silky as he once used to be, but stuff like that just doesn't go away with age. And it was an absolutely gorgeous goal. I mean, everybody on Twitter was tweeting about it. The Penguins tweeted about it. And then all of a sudden tweets came out on who has the best backhand in the NHL history and who's got, um, you know, one of the best uh, backhands. And a lot of people were having Crosby at least in the top two. Some people said he had the best backhand of all time. But it was absolutely unbelievable. If you guys haven't seen it, I would go look it up. Patrick Kane is the best backhand on a spinorama I've ever seen. But just the pure power behind a backhand, Sidney Crosby's is the best I've ever seen. And I believe he is amongst the greatest players who ever lived. I would put him on my NHL all-time Mount Rushmore. A lot of people debate who's like four or five. Um Obviously, Gretzky or in Lemieux are probably on everyone's. And then there are people that will put Gordy Howe. There are people that will put Mark Messier, Alexander Ovechkin, of course. Um, Sidney Crosby's it for me. And I think they clocked the backhand at 67 miles per hour, which might not sound like a lot. But off a backhand, it's harder for the goaltender to read because you never really know how a backhand is going to come off of a stick. It could be a wild ride. It's not like a shot where, like, you could kind of understand looking at the shooter, like, based on the angle where the puck's going to go and whether or not he beats you or not depends on the accuracy and the the velocity, Mm -hmm. um, positioning. Backhanders are just a wild card. So if you get it up to 67 miles per hour on a backhand, it's like a little change-up, like a little change-up. Speaking of opening day tomorrow, um, I think if I wound up, and put every ounce of my fat ass into a slap shot, it would not go 67 miles per hour. So Crosby's backhand is significantly harder than like a beer leaguer's slap shot, like his hardest slap shot. So I, I commend this guy. He has put the Pittsburgh Penguins on his back. He has 85 points this season. Um, every time we say something about the Penguins, they do the opposite the following week. So I would like to refrain from saying whether or not we think the Penguins are dead or alive because they'll do the opposite this upcoming week. And I want to have no influence on what happens with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Do you agree? Do you kind of understand that that's been the case? I know they got like beat in their most recent game and they allowed Detroit to beat them. But, like, outside of that game, they were good since our last show, and that game against Washington was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens down this final stretch. Um, I have an answer in my head on what I believe in them, but, yeah, we don't have to say. You believe they're going to make it? You don't want me to say? I, I Now, yes, I do. Yeah, I think they're going to make it. I do, too, and I'll tell you why. It's hard to make up three points with eight games left. It's very hard. So, you know, and Florida's so up and down. I think Buffalo has a better chance to catch them. Oh, yeah. I will get to that in a second. Yeah. We got everything written down here. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. The teams that have clinched in the Eastern Conference are the Carolina Hurricanes, the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, the Boston Bruins, 
and the Toronto Maple Leafs. The only one of those that has clinched more than a playoff spot is the Boston Bruins, who have clinched the Atlantic Division title. Saw that coming from a mile away. It's only a matter of time before there's a P next to their name. Um, I think it'll say P before Z, probably, which is incredibly rare. Um, what's your take on these five postseason teams? Um, yeah. I'm not really surprised given the way the season has gone. These are some of the best teams in the league. I I mean, Tampa Bay is basically clinched in my eyes. I mean, it's like near impossible that they miss. Um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but we're going to, this is how it's going to probably fall somewhere along the lines. We'll have Boston will play whoever finishes in the wild card two spot. Toronto's probably going to play Tampa Bay. That series is probably locked up in the first round and then Carolina or the devils will play wild card one and the Rangers will play the other of Carolina and New Jersey. Does that sound about right? If the Rangers catch the devils, I think they catch the hurricanes and win oh, the division. I see, I see. I don't see. I got them like dead to win the division. Who? The, the Rangers. Rangers. I just don't think it's likely. They just don't stop winning right now. And they play Gotta the Devils tomorrow. Got to climb over tomorrow. two good teams, though. I know. It's, it's oh, tough. Okay, you're right. It is tough. I, I agree. I agree with your analysis. I, I agree with that. I think it will be hard for the Rangers to make up five points with eight games left. Um, I, I actually do kind of think they're going to catch the Devils, though, and take home ice. Regardless, but, though. They, they, yeah, they, they play each other. Stay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, a good I mean, call. It should be exciting, but I basically we already know how the matchups are going to go down in the first round. I love that we're going to get a Toronto-Tampa Bay series because we need to oust Toronto. Get them out of here. I want them to, like, if we could go, like, 10 years without them winning a playoff series, it'll just make it, it'll, it'll be hilarious. Have you watched the Lightning lately? I know, but it's... They, they ended a four-game losing in regulation streak that had never happened under John Cooper until the – and it, they broke it yesterday with a huge win over the Carolina Hurricanes, which is great for the Devils and the Rangers. But I don't know. I think the five teams that have clinched are the five best teams in the NHL. Do you think one of those five teams will be in the Cup? In the Cup? Yeah. Yes. So you don't think – so you think one of the teams that are already clinched will be in the cup, the Cup? Yes. Tampa now, Bay made it, it don't count. There, yeah, no, I agree. Tampa Bay, I, I don't see if they somehow squeak past the Leafs, they get killed by the Bruins. I, I'm so low on Tampa Bay right now that you've just seen them get chipped away at this season. They have, and been, but they've played a lot of hockey in the last three years. They were the best team in the bubble. They were the best team in 2021. They were the best team last year besides Colorado. And the two teams played each other in the cup and had hell of a series. You never know what happens in that cup if Braden Point plays, because I think Braden Point is that much of a game changer where maybe it does go seven games or maybe Tampa Bay does win it. Maybe they get that overtime goal in a couple of those games where Colorado scored in overtime. Um, Braden Point's known for scoring in overtime. You might remember five OT in the bubble and Braden Point scored in overtime. Um, that's a clutch player right there. I just, Tampa Bay. Victor Hedman's not having the same year that he normally has. Andre Vasilevsky's been great lately. Mm -hmm. um, he hasn't had the, his Andre Vasilevsky in type season. I think a lot of that's probably wear and tear. I could see if they get bounced in the first round, that'll be the best thing that ever happens for Tampa because then they could come back next year fully refreshed, hungry again. Hey, we have, we've only lost one playoff series. We haven't lost a playoff series to an Eastern Conference team in like five years. 
The last time they lost a playoff series to the uh, Western or an Eastern Conference team was when they got swept by Columbus in 2019. That's fucking unbelievable. Okay, that's the last time they lost a playoff series to a team from their goddamn conference. So, do you know what the light the Lightning have that no other team does though? Are you gonna say like experience or some crap? No. Because there are other teams with experience. The Rangers oh, yeah. have experience. The Brewers. Oh, yeah. I would even give experience factor to Carolina. The only team that's clinched that has like barely any playoff experience is the Devils. But they have Palat, Meyer, Hamilton, you know, all these guys who have had great playoff. Vanacek. So I think the, I Devils, say. the Devils not having playoff experience is a little bit of an overblow. Their core guys, some of them are lacking it. But I mean, I'm, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, I wasn't going to say experience, but they have playoff Vasilevsky, which when it comes down to clinching games, elimination games, he just doesn't lose. His stats are unbelievable. Unbelievable. No matter how good, how bad he is during the regular season, they have playoff Vasilevsky, which to me is scarier than any other thing that I've seen from any other teams in the NHL. I understand. Streak like that, streaks like that are meant to die. Um, Vasilevsky, if they got to a clinching game, I would give the nod to Tampa Bay. I think Toronto beats them in four or five. Wow. Toronto's so good. Toronto's so steamy. They're so good. Oh, Austin Matthews is looking wow. healthy. Mitch Marner, Nylander having career years. Tavares has lost a step slightly, but uh, a slightly lost step. Tavares is still a better 2C than most teams in the NHL have. Um, getting good goaltending. Matt Murray figured out a way to cheat the system. He just pushes off the net every single time the puck comes near him, and they don't give him delay of game penalties. Um, I like Samsonov's game this season. Their defense with McCabe and um, Riley, uh, I, I just think it's a really good defense. Lilligren's having a good year. It, it's a good Toronto Maple Leafs team. So I think we'll be on opposite ends of both two, three matchups in the Eastern Conference because your ass is going to pick the Rangers. Um, which I actually don't hate that. Not I think necessarily. I think the Rangers are a really good team. I think the Devils are a really good team who have slumped a little bit in the last week or so. Big win over Ottawa to clinch. You don't get 100 points by being a stinky team. Both the Devils and Rangers are pretty evenly matched. And we watched the Devils come back and beat the Rangers together a couple months ago. The Devils have beaten the Rangers this year. It'll be their first time playing each other with Timo Meyer and Patrick Kane involved on – Thursday, tomorrow, which I'm very, very excited for. Um, literally can't wait for that game. Um, it'll tell a lot about the division because if the Devils win, they'll push themselves back to being four points over the Rangers, and then they'll get pretty close to Carolina again. But I, I'm i going for the Leafs in the first round, and then I think Boston wants Toronto or Tampa Bay to win. If I were the Bruins, I would want Tampa Bay to win that series. I don't think they match up well with the Leafs at all. Not saying I, I, I would probably pick the Bruins to be either, but not easily. It'd be it'd be tough. Um, I do think people I they were talking about this on ESPN the point yesterday, and we've touched on it on the show. People are saying the winner of the East is going to win the Cup. Yada yada yada. The East is so good. F five of the top six teams in the league in points are from the Eastern Conference. I think there's something to be said about whoever wins the West. If they win it with ease and they roll into the Stanley Cup final feeling healthy, good about their game, confident, and you're the Bruins who just had to go through freaking 
the Pittsburgh Penguins or the New York Islanders. You're playing one of them in the first round, and they take a chip away from you because they're so good. You beat them, but you still had to deal with Crosby and Malkin or Sorokin or the hard-hitting Islanders. Then in the second round, you have to play one of the Leafs or the Lightning, the big, mean Tampa Bay Lightning or the skillful, fast, wear you down Toronto Maple Leafs. Then you get to the third round, you're playing one of those metropolitan juggernauts, the Devils or the Rangers or the Hurricanes, and you're like, holy crap, this Bruins team makes it to the Stanley Cup final. They limped into the Stanley Cup final because they had three gauntlets to go through. And let's say they face the Edmonton Oilers who – take full advantage of the Los Angeles Kings being on the older side when it comes to their veterans. They have a lot of young players too, but that probably would be their hardest series, honestly, in the Western Conference would be their first-round matchup against the Kings. And let's say they go play the Vegas Golden Knights and they roll through them like they did last night. And then in the Eastern Conference final, or the Western Conference final, Colorado, let's say, gets beat because they're so injured in the first round and they end up playing the Wild in the Conference Finals and they steamroll through them because Kaprizov's not healthy or whatever. They got to the cup with a little bit easier of a road, and they might be just a tad bit more fresh. I'm not saying the winner of the East wins the cup. I think they certainly can. They're the best teams, but I don't know where you stand on that with me. Yeah, I got a couple uh, sleepers in the – actually, I got one sleeper in the East. But, no, I I completely agree. The – the East is more way more stacked. I I feel like over the years it flip-flops. Back in the day it was the West where the winner of the Hawks and Kings would beat the Rangers in the Cup, right? Everybody was high on the West. But then the Western team started falling off, and the East started to get good. And I think that balances, you know, it switches off every, like, you know, decade almost. And what I always like to say is the teams that are good right now will stink. The teams that are bad right now will be good. And then the teams in the middle will kind of just fester around in the middle. And I, I think that works the same when you talk about the Western East Conference as well. But um, I don't know. I really am high up on Carolina in the East a lot. I think Carolina could do damage um, no matter who they play in the first round, whether it's the Rangers or they're they're not going to play the Devils in the first round. They're either going to play the Rangers or uh, whoever finishes in the first wild card. But I don't know. I think Carolina is a strong contender to come out of the East. I agree. I completely agree. Carolina is amazing. Who do you have? Who do you have as the sleeper in the Eastern Conference? I wonder if you kind of agree with Oh, the Hurricanes? Why yeah. do you consider them a sleeper? Well, I mean, a lot of they're people... they're not as sexy of a pick. I mean, No, means, not but... a lot of people are going to think Carolina to get to the Cup or win the Cup because it's the Hurricanes, right? People think Bruins. People think Toronto. People think the Rangers. People think of teams that have already, you know, been there, had that success, and have that, you know, experience. Nobody thinks of the Carolina Hurricanes, but... I think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be like an underrated team. If they do open up against uh, one of the – whoever, the Islanders, Penguins, whoever ends up in the first wild card, I mean, I I wouldn't – I don't like to use the word easy, but I think it's fairly an easier matchup the way they match up with that specific team. And then as far as that goes, I mean, we've seen them take down some pretty dominant teams this season. And I, I, I like the way they play. I like the game that they play, that they don't focus – a hundred percent on offense. They kind of wear you down to win these close games, two to one games. I, to me, that's, that's my sleeper pick to come out of the East. Based on what I've seen in the regular season and make, let me make this clear. Carolina's won the cup more recently than half of these teams. They've won 
They've won the cup more recently than the Devils, who are no joke historically. They won three cups in nine years, and then three years later, the Kings won their first. The Rangers, an original six team, they've won the cup more recent than. They have not won it more recently than the Bruins. They've won it more recently than Toronto, original six team, been around forever. Not Tampa Bay. They have more recently than the Islanders. Pittsburgh, no. Florida, yes. Buffalo, yes. Um, all the teams that have a chance to make the playoffs from the Eastern Conference, a lot of them, two or three of them are outside of – Carolina won the cup more recently. So the only teams I see that can beat Carolina, you're going to think I'm crazy. And it's just based – and I know the playoffs are different. If I'm basing it on the regular season, the Bruins are a better team than everyone, so they have to be in that type of conversation no matter what, no matter who they're playing. But the Devils have lost to Carolina once this season out of like five times. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they match up well against them. They're not – I don't know if they're necessarily a better team – but if they played them in a playoff series, I would feel more confident in that than the Rangers. I would. And I think Carolina's better than the Rangers. It's just a matchup thing. I don't know what it is. I- yeah, I'm not I'm not really high up on the Rangers. There's only All right, so here's where I stand. Um if the Rangers played the Devils, I give the edge to the Rangers. Okay? If the Devils win the division, even if they play Pittsburgh or the Islanders, they give the edge to the Devils to win that series. Um, the way I see it is the only team I think that the Rangers could beat would, because um, they're not going to win the division, in my opinion, would probably be the Devils. I, I don't know why. But I think if the Devils win the division, they're going to advance to the second round. And they'll beat the Islanders or Pittsburgh. If the Rangers won the division and played the Islanders, I think the Islanders would beat them. Oh, I love a New York rivalry. That'd be so sweet, but it's probably not going to happen. But I guess you never know. Um, If the Devils were to play like Pittsburgh, I'd give the Devils the edge there. It's just for some reason, I don't like the way the Devils match up against the Rangers. Me either. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, the pressure would be on the Devils, too, which is an issue, I think, because tomorrow they play them with a chance to tie each other point. in points. Yeah, it's a huge game. It's probably the biggest game of the Devils. It's probably their biggest game in the Jack Hughes era, which is remarkable because he's been around a while now. Yeah. What a player. 40 goals. I mm-hmm. mean, what a player. Really, really good. Excited for what's in his future. Like, I, I think – 110, 120 points in his future is a very real possibility because he's got 84 as a rookie or as a not a rookie, as a 21 year old with minimal experience. I don't know. I'm super excited. He sure's got his first 70 point season, his first 30 goal season. Brat first 30 goal season. I mean, Hamilton broke the Devils' record for goals by a defenseman, and they haven't even put in Luke Hughes or Nemich yet. And those are their two best prospects who are supposed to be star defensemen. And Hughes will probably play the final two games of the season because now it's only impossible for him to play the final two games of the season. We'll talk about why in period number two. But I don't know. It's an exciting time for them. But the first-round series against the Rangers, I'm wishy-washy against. Um, But I guess we'll see what happens. I like the Islanders as a sleeper. I watched the Devils play them, and the Islanders smothered them. And even without Barzell, guys like Kyle Palmer, Palmieri and Zach Parisi combined for three goals. And they get 
great goaltending from Sorokin. Sorokin can win you a playoff series against anyone. He's that good. There are like four or five goalies that I believe can win a playoff series on their own if they're at their best, and Sorokin is one of them. And eh, I wouldn't pick them to win any series, but if they did, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would pick them to win if they played the Rangers. That's the only, really? That's the only team I would pick them to win against. So you think they're a matchup nightmare for the Rangers? Yeah, especially I think, that New York battle. Yeah. I kind of think they're a matchup nightmare for the Devils, too. Oh, the Devils got know. smoked by – it, like, was so annoying their most recent game. And then the game I went to in December, the Islanders had their way with them. It, it's yeah. just one of those things. And you're right. Playoffs are – Playoffs are a different story. Nothing you saw in the regular season really matters anymore. But it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm so excited for the Eastern Conference. Um, so you got the bubble. You got the Islanders and Penguins making it. Well, right now, the way it sits, um, you got Florida just three points out behind Pittsburgh. Buffalo five points out with the game in hand behind Pittsburgh. And then Ottawa uh Five points out with no games in hand. You also got the Capitals too, but they have too many teams to climb over. So I would I would have them out of there. And ultimately, in my opinion, comes down between Florida and Buffalo. Uh, I know Ottawa has is still five points behind like Buffalo, but Buffalo's got that game in hand. And really, that game in hand doesn't matter when you're talking about Florida because even if they win that game in hand, now you're tied in points, still three behind Pittsburgh. Um, but if you take into consideration how well the teams I just mentioned, Florida, Buffalo, Ottawa, have performed over their last 10-game span, Florida's the hottest team, and they've lost four in a row without a point. But they have the best record in their last 10 games, which that tells you something, that all those teams below the bubble or right on the bubble are uh, performing right now. So I'm kind of leading edge goes to Florida, but if they just keep losing games and they're not getting points – I mean, none of these teams might make it. It just might stay Pittsburgh and the Islanders. And I love the way the Islanders have been playing. They got a big game tonight in Washington. Um, that's huge for them because they don't have any games in hand on anybody they're facing. So if the Islanders win, they almost solidify their spot. That would put them s- uh, seven points ahead of the bubble. Um, but... Yeah, I, I like what I got right now. In the wild card, I'm, I'm feeling Islanders and Pittsburgh. I don't really think any other team is going to catch them. But you never say never. Uh, like I said, the Capitals are right there, but they just there's too many teams to climb over right now and not enough games left. I got the Capitals and Ottawa as dead. I do. Yeah, Ottawa's right there. Dead. I mean, they, they really can't do anything. Yeah, those two teams are dead. Buffalo's not dead because of their game in hand. If they won their game in hand and have 79 points, they're right there with Florida. And the only thing I, is I don't know who has the tiebreaker over Florida or Buffalo. Um, you can they would look, be tied in points. Their tie is regulation wins. Or wait, is it row? It's not row anymore. They changed it. The tiebreaker is the greater number of games played, excluding games won in overtime. Um, so it's just regulation wins. So the tiebreaker right now, they're tied. They both have 34. Then what happens? Or no, no, no. Florida has the same number of RWs. They're tied in row. Um, Florida has the tiebreaker. And I don't think, I don't think Florida or Buffalo is going to catch them because they're four regulation wins behind. Exactly. They need need to finish with more points. That game in hand really means nothing when it comes down to Florida 
because even if they win that game in hand and are tied in points, it doesn't matter because Florida still has the tiebreaker. But Pittsburgh, they'd still be able to catch. It'll be interesting. Um, I haven't looked at their schedules, so I don't know who's got the stronger schedule, who's got the weaker schedule. Well, I have a couple. Or if Buffalo plays Pittsburgh at all. I mean, if they play Pittsburgh, that'll be a big game. If I'm Buffalo, if you don't play Florida, you don't worry about them. Just, just forget about Florida. Don't let what they're doing influence you. I'd worry about Pittsburgh. So I'd love to see what's going on with the Buffalo scheduling. Um, yeah. Do they play Pittsburgh, do you know? Um, they do not. They played Florida once, which I know you see. You, I agree with you. I think Florida's irrelevant to Buffalo. Where I think Buffalo, the game in hand matters. You're right. The game against Pittsburgh, because or the Pittsburgh matchup, because – they um, they can make playoffs with Pittsburgh. It doesn't matter what Buffalo does. They have the same number of regulation wins, so that number will need to be determined. And Pittsburgh has the tiebreaker in row because the, the third tie or the second tiebreaker regulation overtime wins, but it's only by one, so it could be influenced within the next eight games. It's not like it's a four row lead. Um, Buffalo, if they lose their next game, I, I'm canceling them. Because 77 points at 74 games played, too much to overcome. And their next game is against the New York Rangers. If they can beat the Rangers on Friday, and guess what? I think it's possible. Buffalo smoked the Devils. The Devils ended up getting back to uh, within a goal, and the game ended 6-5. to five. But Buffalo can score. If they get out to an early lead on those Rangers, they can win the game. And then they play Philly, who Buffalo should beat Philly. Then they play Florida, another big game. And then they played Detroit, and then a gauntlet to little weekend stretch there. They got Carolina, the Rangers again, and then the Devils. And then they end the season with Ottawa and Columbus. If they can get to that Ottawa and Columbus series right where they're at right now, there's a chance for them. Buffalo's not dead yet, but they're on. They're what I would call life support. But because no. Ottawa, <clears throat> because Ottawa has that extra game played, though, I think. Uh, I think they're yeah, out. Ottawa's probably out. I mean, they would need a miracle, I would say. There's only eight games left for them. So, I mean, you don't have that much. You're eight games left and you're five behind Pittsburgh. You still have too many teams to jump. Now, you said Florida had four regulation wins uh, ahead of Buffalo, correct? Yeah. Right? So that's why I said the, the game in hand really doesn't matter because if you tie them, you're still behind. Now, let's say they're tied come April 4th when you're only got a couple games left in the regular season, uh, Florida plays Buffalo on April 4th at home. Uh, that game could be big. Like, that game could be huge if they're still tied in points because then it matters. Then the games in hand don't matter because the winner of that game will pass the other up and you only have so many games left in the season. So mark your calendars if you're a uh, Florida fan or a Buffalo fan for April 4th. That could be a one of the greatest games of the season. But for the time being, I think if you're Buffalo, you don't really focus on Florida. You shift your attention to Pittsburgh, and you just got to hope that Pittsburgh goes on a little bit of a slump. But they've been they've been kind of hot lately. So I'm excited. I think we got a great race going on in the East, a big change of pace than what we saw last year. So I'm excited. The, the rush for the playoffs, since you can't say push for the playoffs anymore. You're muted. They are – sorry, I coughed and then I never unmuted myself. They are um, 
playing well in the last week or so. People were pointing to the fact that they're two and six in their last eight, but they're two and one in their last three, which is why I said that they've been good since our last show because they have been. And before that, they were stinky. So we'll see how they respond now. Um, when you look at Pittsburgh's schedule, you see what's going to end up being for them to end the season. Now, they play Nashville tomorrow. And that's going to be a tough one because they are right there on the bubble with them. And then they got Boston on Saturday, 2 p.m., day mm-hmm. game. Then Philly, who they should beat. Absolutely. The Devils, who have they have not had a lot of success against this season. The Minnesota Wild, who are on fire. And if you can get through April 6th, with at least a couple points against Nashville, Boston, Philly, New Jersey, Minnesota, you end the season with Detroit, Chicago, and Columbus. And hey, I'm Detroit just, can be feisty. Detroit can be feisty. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. But you have the Hawks at home, and then you go to Columbus to end the season. And who if is this can, for? Pittsburgh. Yeah. If you get – Get to you have to beat Detroit. Like Detroit could be feisty, but that's no excuse for Pittsburgh. You want to make the playoffs, beat those feisty. You gotta beat. You gotta beat the Hawks too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Got to beat Columbus. You. I mean, those are the teams you gotta beat. You gotta beat the two teams that are begging for Bedard, and the bottom two teams in the NHL standings entering play tonight are the Pittsburgh's final two games. And we know how that could go. I mean, look at um, who was it? Columbus. They shut out Winnipeg. So yep. you can't take these teams lightly. You can't just assume they're a free two points. Completely agree. Absolutely agree. Um, I still think the Pittsburgh Penguins probably do it. Yeah, I do too. That three point lead but is I, huge. With only- I hope, I hope Buffalo does it. I like. I still, Buffalo. I still give the edge over Florida to do it over Buffalo. Because of the tiebreaker that they have, mm-hmm. I agree. Because like, even though they have seventy three games played, in my head they have seventy four games played. Because like I said, it doesn't matter. And since Florida would only be chasing the one team, because it's either Florida passes Pittsburgh, nobody's catching the Islanders unless it was Pittsburgh. So if the Islanders fell, then yeah. But it's like Florida's main priority is obviously pass, uh, passing Pittsburgh right now. Eight games left is a lot of games, and you could definitely make up ground when you're only chasing one team. But when you start to fall like Buffalo, you're chasing now Florida, and you got to get to Pittsburgh or Ottawa, which now I agree with you that they're dead because the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm realizing, yeah, Ottawa's dead, Capitals are dead. Um, Just because of those teams you have to jump over. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think Pittsburgh gets it done, and so do the Islanders. I don't love the Islanders' schedule to end the season. They got Washington tonight. Mm-hmm. But that could go either way. That could go. Washington's not big in the playoffs, but they're still good. They got Ovechkin mm-hmm. trying. He he scored a goal in both games since our last show, trying to get that ten and ten that you said he won't. Um, <laughs> now he needs eight and eight. Um, he probably gets three tonight against the Islanders. Then the Islanders go Tampa Bay, Carolina, Tampa Bay. Not easy. And then they got Philly. Washington again, and then Montreal. If they go three and three in that stretch and get, is that six games left? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. If they go three, three, and one 
and get seven points, that puts them at what, 92? Mm-hmm. 92. That probably is good enough to get them in. That is probably good enough to get them in, I would say. So I just talked myself into saying that the Islanders get in for sure, which means my guy Zach Parisi will have a chance to win the cup once again. Well, not once again. He never has. But once again, have a chance. I agree. I think the Islanders are a lock. We'll see. I mean, we might as well for shits and gigs now. The only team whose schedule I haven't looked at is Florida. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. They got tonight against Toronto. Tough. Very hard. Then Montreal, Columbus. Got to beat them both. You need four points in regulation. Buffalo. Big, big, big game. Ottawa. Big, big, big game. Washington, same thing. Toronto, Carolina. Tough. It's going to come down to those Columbus and uh, who was the other one? Montreal. Yeah, Montreal and Columbus. It's going to come down to those uh, games. You don't really have to win those in regulation, right? Because it doesn't matter if you give Montreal a point or Columbus. No, I'm thinking like for the tiebreakers. Oh, do they have the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh? That's something we didn't look up. Yes, they do. They do have the tiebreaker by how many regulation? Let me tell you. I don't know. Not a lot of people know this. For those watching on the screen, you take your standings and then flip it to the side, and you get a bunch of extra statistics, like row, regulation win, home record, away record, shootout record. Um, Florida and Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is down. Florida has Florida has 31, 31 regulation wins for Florida, 27 for Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. I mean, just worry about winning. It doesn't have to be in regulation. Yeah, I, that's I don't true. know if Pittsburgh's going to make up four regulation wins in eight games. Without... Yeah, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has the second tiebreaker, though, row by one. The Islanders have both tiebreakers over everyone. Wow. <laughs> everyone. They have more regulation wins. They have more regulation overtime wins. Yeah, they're in, for sure. And you know what else is interesting? I like to – sometimes I look at goal differential – the Islanders are plus 18. Everybody else is either minus or Florida's plus one. Buffalo's minus 10. Mm-hmm. But they gave up a lot of goals early in the season. And they still give up a lot of goals while scoring a lot of goals. So that's why they're in the mix. Buffalo, Buffalo's got a very bright future. Um, one of the most wrong I've ever been on a take. I, I didn't think Dylan Cousins would develop into a top six NHL forward. Did not want the Hawks to draft him at all. I remember I got into a little friendly debate with our friend Tom. He was a big Dylan Cousins fan. Was. Is. No, I know. (laughs) He was right. I was wrong. Dylan Cousins is amazing. And you know what? He's kind of mean, too. He's kind of a prick. Kind of like that about him. He reminds me of myself. Just a little asshole. Um, There's no doubt that this Jack Quinn, who I was right about. That's a prospect I was spot on about. Um, I wanted the Devils to take him at seven in 2020, and he went to Buffalo at six. And a lot of people thought he'd go in the 10 to 15 range because of the fact that um, he was on the line with Marco Rossi on the Ottawa 67s, and Rossi was the playmaker who made everyone better. Quinn was the sniper. Jack Quinn's been better. He's 
been really, really good. So, and then they of course have Alex talk and, you know, Tage Thompson, mm-hmm. um, their defense of Owen power with Rasmus Dahlin goaltending. I don't love, but they'll figure it out soon enough. Like the Eastern conference though. That was a good talk. hundred percent. Let's move it on over to the West top of the central division. You're looking at some, some shiz. The Minnesota Wild have taken over the top spot. Yeah. Largely due to the fact that they're good both home and road. 24-11-3 at home, 19-11-6 on the road. Um, 95 points. Colorado is going to end up winning the division, though, right? I completely agree. I don't know if you're just trying to get an answer out of me or if you're actually saying that, but I, I truly agree. Colorado's getting scary again. They're that team like last year, like not quite that S tier above an NHL tier type of team, but they're getting scary like they were last year. And that's the team I feared. They've won nine out of their last 10. I mean, they've come out of the grave. This is like the undertaker, like just sticking his hand out of the grave. I mean, they had a few weeks ago, they were in like the second wild card and now they have a chance to win the division. They have a game in hand and a point behind Minnesota and Minnesota plays Colorado tonight on TNT that, I think that's game of the year, to be honest with you, to decide. The, the winner of that game greatly increases their odds of winning the division. Because if Colorado wins, and not a only are series. Huh? And a playoff series. And a playoff series. Because not only if Colorado wins tonight, they take the division. There'll be a point ahead of Minnesota for the division, still with that game in hand. Um, and then to make this race in the central division even crazier than it already is. Dallas plays Colorado on Saturday. Colorado's next game is against Dallas. The three teams, the two teams that one's above them and the one below them, they, their next two games are against. I mean, this next week for Colorado is just going to be unbelievable. If they win both, they probably win the division guaranteed. If they lose to Minnesota, things get a little shaky especially if it's in regulation, Dallas. See, I don't know where Dallas stands yet. I will know more after the game with Colorado on Saturday, but I mean, the scheduling is crazy. Dallas has the tiebreaker over both. Um, I would love to see the Minnesota wild take out their freaking balls tonight (laughs) and put them on the fucking table and destroy the Colorado Avalanche. I would love it. It would be so sweet to see that team without Kaprizov, who's been so good, go out there and get it done tonight. I still think Colorado is going to take the division. I think they're the best team in the Western Conference on paper. I do think winning the division is paramount to the Central Division winner more. Uh, And... And Pacific, and Pacific. I think winning the conference is paramount because the winner will get limping Winnipeg, limp dick Winnipeg, <laughs> or Nashville or Calgary at this point because Winnipeg is not a lock anymore. No, they are not a lock anymore. Um, the other will get Dallas, right? Like, and Dallas is capable of beating both. I don't think uh, Colorado is a lock to just like steamroll through the playoffs. I don't. Do I think they will kind of? Yeah, I kind of am leaning that way. But it's not like last year where it's like Colorado's winning at least two series. Right. And that that's what I think of like the best team in the NHL should do no matter minimum is win two series. 
It's hard to win the cup. It's it becomes there's a lot of Russian roulette after the conference final starts. Like who's healthier, who's playing better. There are a lot of factors, but I I like Colorado right now. Kale McCarr is back. Um, the Nate Dog second in the NHL in points per game, only behind McJesus um, of players that have played like a s- certain number of games. Uh-huh. Um, I think the Nate Dowg has been the best, second best player in the NHL this season. Maybe third behind Drysidle. Kucherov's up there too. Um, the Nate Dowg is absolutely unbelievable, playing well. The winner of the Pacific too, though. Don't get Seattle. And listen, credit to Seattle. They're making the playoffs for sure. They're a lock to me because they have a five point lead on a playoff spot and two games in hand on every team below them. Yeah. Uh, I I just I think Seattle's in. Um, just everything is so nice for them math wise, and but Minnesota man, it's been a great season for them in a year that we thought they would kind of taper off a little bit just because of the cap hit issue of Parisi and Suter, and they haven't been able to spend to the max. They had to let go of Fiala to the Kings, who's been really good for them, obviously. Um, I just think the Wild they have such a bright future. Because once this cap issue gets cleared up, they could spend a little bit more money. They have Kaprizov, and they have a top three farm system. Maybe top one. I, Athletic ranked them one. Um, I really love Hughes and Nemich, and I'm biased. I would put the devil slightly ahead on my personal ranking. But I love the Wild and what they're doing. Colorado, man, they got the dogs. Dangerous. Uh, what about the top of the Pacific? Vegas currently 98 points. They were just smoked by the Edmonton Oilers last night. Um, the Kings are in second, though, with 96 points, and then Edmonton sits with 95. What do you got going on there? It's very similar to the Central Division. And, I mean, all three teams have been hot lately. None of them have really been in a slump. Oilers got the best of Vegas last night, but, you know, I, I still think it's Vegas's division to lose. I think they're going to win the division. Um, I mean, just if they could just keep playing their game, I think they could lock it in. I mean, Edmonton's even with that win against Vegas in regulation, they're still three points behind and they don't have a game in hand. The, the Knights have the game in hand. So I still think it's Vegas's division. I don't think the Kings will have what it takes in the final eight games to pass the Golden Knights. But then again, the Vegas Golden Knights play the Kings in the fortress on April 6th. That game means more to the Kings, if anything. If Vegas wants to win that game, or if Vegas wins that game, the Pacific is theirs, like almost nearly guaranteed. But that game as a whole, I think, will mean more to the Kings than it will to the Knights, depending on where we are in the standings. Um, But I looked at all three teams' schedules, the Knights, the Kings, the Oilers. The Oilers have the easiest schedule by far of of the three teams' that are uh, vying for that Pacific division. Um, so the Oilers have seven games left and four out of those seven games, more than half of those seven games um, are against San Jose or Anaheim, two against San Jose, two against Anaheim. Those are the games that you have to win. And I mean, if you're the Oilers, you got to pick up, what is that? Eight points right there. That's got to be a free eight points. There's no excuses, but you know how that goes. You never know. Just because you're supposed to win on paper doesn't mean you're going to win the game. But, I mean, minimum seven of eight you need there. 
But if you're the Oilers and you're really thinking about winning the Pacific Division, those are the games you got to win. I mean, you got an easy schedule down the line. I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Kings are going to beat each other up. They're going to play each other. They got tougher teams to play. If you're the Oilers, those are the games you got to win. I agree. Um, I The Oilers are the most fun to watch. And I just tweeted right before the show started my article that I wrote last night for Puck Pros. You could go catch, catch it at Vinny Parisi on Twitter or at PuckPros.com um, about how they're the most entertaining team in the NHL. They're not the best team in the NHL, but they're close. I think they're the best team in the Western Conference. I mean, I watch a lot of Oilers. I, Again, I've bragged about it a lot on this show. They've played 75 games. I probably watched parts of 60 of them. Like, I honestly believe that. I, I tune into the Oilers as often as I can. And, you know, I don't make it like my priority, like the Devils, like I have to watch, but I'm covering the Oilers for puck pros as often as I can. And it's, it's a team. And I noticed they're 0-4 in shootouts. Yeah. If they were 4-0, and they'd have 99 points. And I'm looking, I'm thinking to myself, you have Connor McDavid. If they were 4-0? and Yeah. They'd they have 103 have... points. Well, they, they got a point in those games. They missed out on four points. Oh, yeah, yeah. The... Um, if they – if you have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, the league's two leading scorers, you have Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's four points away from a 100-point season himself. Mm-hmm. You have 33-goal scorer, 70-something point man, Zach Hyman. Evander Kane is healthy now. You have some studs. Kyler Yamamoto's got silky smooth hands. Um, you have a bunch of players who are just really silky. And you don't have one shootout win? Thank God there are no shootouts in the playoffs because that would be a detriment to the oil. But I just don't understand how they don't have one shootout win. Not one. Even I if you had you, one, if I you think, were one and three. I think the Islanders three. are like that too. Right? Um, there is another team, and I thought it was the Islanders. Winless in the shootout. Seattle Kraken are 0-4. The San Jose Sharks are 1-6. I thought the Islanders were like 0-5. The Islanders are 0-5. Yeah. And look at where they are. The Devils I mean, are 2-4. I'm shocked they have two wins. They I mean, shootouts shootout are just shootout. so hit or miss. That's why I hate them. They're bullshit. They're a terrible way to decide a great game that went 65 minutes without breaking a tie. Um, but I, I like you, you made me even more convinced. I didn't know Edmonton had that many games against San Jose and Anaheim. Yeah. I mean, mean, those are the teams you got to beat though. Yeah. Those are the teams. If they win those games only, I think they can win the division. If they had seven of eight minimum, if they get eight, that's 103 Vegas will pass 103. You need more than that. But I'm saying, dude, the Oilers, I think they win the West in the playoffs. The Oilers? Yeah, they're my think... to win. Yeah, as of right now. If I make my bracket in three weeks. Oh, you not... meant bracket, not most points in the West. Oh, no, no, no. I, I mean. And I don't think they get most points in the West. That's what I thought you were the, saying. If they win the division, they did. That means that's what they mean. That's what yeah, happens. but you need more, like you said, you need more than eight points. And first of all, those four games aren't a guarantee, but then you got to still win some of those other games you're up against. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do think it's possible they win and points like they're only three out yeah but don't forget about colorado who's one point behind them with two games in hand yeah yeah colorado's up there for sure 
and so is Minnesota, and so is the Kings. I mean, it's just the Western Conference is way better than people give it credit for. They're sleeping on this conference just because there's no red team in the freaking um, top eight. People love the color red. They're attracted to it, and there's a bunch of them in the Eastern Conference. And it's, when I say red, I mean like bright. There's no bright colors. It's not a bright colored conference. That's why I think the Blackhawks stand out. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's so great right now in the Pacific Division. And it used to be the crap division of the league. It ain't anymore. It not is not anymore. And Anaheim's on the rise, even though they're like having a stinky year. Um, the Sharks have a long way to go. I think. I think the Blackhawks need Bedard more than anyone, but I think the Sharks are right there. Because um, they'll get rid of Carlson. The Timo Myers already gone. Logan Couture is on his last leg with the team. But I don't know. Winnipeg sucks. <laughs> um, they've pissed me off more than any team because I want Winnipeg in the playoffs. I love the whiteout in Winnipeg. Super fun playoff cool. atmosphere. Reminds really cool. Yep, yep. Love the Winnipeg whiteout. Um, I hope they get in because if they – the only way I hope they get it, don't get in is if Edmonton catches them, is if Edmonton does win the West most points and then they end up playing Calgary in the first round for another battle of Alberta in the postseason. Rick from Red Deer would be off his hook knowing that they're playing yet another um, game another postseason series against one another, but man, do I love this Oilers team. Go read my most recent article where I basically blow them the whole time. It's just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I love it. Love the Oilers. They're fun. The Kings are really good too. I like the Kings. You know I like the Kings. Oh, yeah. I know you like the Kings. Uh, Frankie's just a Pacific Division guy. Um, If it weren't for the Knights, the Kings would be number two still. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And you like Seattle. Um, I like the Battle of Alberta. I'm so drawn to that. Like, I I watch Edmonton more because McDavid and Dreisaitl. But last year, last year I watched the Flames almost every other night. I And I watched them probably. They were probably a top five most watched team for me last year, the Flames. They haven't been this year. Most top five most watched teams. Can you come up with that off the hook? For me? Yeah. This year, this year, not not your favorite teams to watch like all time. The top five most watched teams this year. I'll give you a sec to think because I think I could rattle off mine really quick. Number one is the Devils for sure. Um, number two is the Oilers. Absolutely my second most watched team this season. Um, number three is probably the Bruins. Four is the Blackhawks. And five is the Leafs. I think, well, one for me is the Hawks. Yeah. Two is the Knights. I think three is the Oilers, but just because of like the the games, not because of me, just because like some of the games I've been watching has featured the Oilers. It's not like I'm going out of my way to watch the Oilers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I go out of my way to watch them, like, and they're shoved in my face. Like I texted you after McDavid got sixty, I was watching that game. It's just it just happened that was the game that was on. So I guess just by you know fate and the games that are shown on like TNT, the Oilers will probably be three. Top five is tough because then it's like four would probably be Seattle. I watched some good Seattle games. It may be five, the Kings, just because I watched, I mean, I watched the Kings play the Kraken 
when they play each other. And that crazy game that was like eight to seven, that was fun to watch. So I'd probably go Hawks, Knights, Oilers, Kraken, Kings. How are our Sacramento Kings doing? Fantastic. Let's go Kings. They're like 16 games above 500. That's my second favorite team in the you NBA. You better watch them in the playoffs. I will be watching the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs. There's no doubt. This is a Sacramento Kings podcast. I'm not even kidding. After you made fun of them, how being how irrelevant. No, they're the most irrelevant franchise. Well, in they all ain't gonna be if they were the, the NBA championship. Irrelevant franchise. I, so that's gonna I, change if they win. I've probably written ten Bulls articles in my maybe a little more than that. Probably like 20, 30 Bulls articles in my life. But I edit them all the time. <laughs> I edit at least five a week. And I was editing one last night that one of our new contributors wrote, Philip. It was about Zach Levine. I didn't know that the Bulls let Zach Levine seek a contract after his first year with them. And the Sacramento Kings offered him this like crazy deal and the Bulls matched it. And that's how he stayed with the Bulls. Zach Levine was this close to being a Sacramento King. Did not know that. Edited in the article. I, Bulls articles are my favorite to edit because I that they're, they're the articles I edit by and I read them. And it's the most I learn when I edit Blackhawks, Bears, Bull or White Sox, Cubs articles. I would can include the Devils, but I never edit Devils articles. I only submit them to be edited. Um, when I edit those teams, though, I, it's, I'm reading a bunch of shit I know. You know, like oh, thank you for telling me Marcus Stroman is this Cubs opening day. Like I knew that. Yeah. And I, those articles need to be written. I'm not poo-pooing the articles. They're for the fans. But for me, I'm like, okay, I knew. But when it's the Bulls, it's almost always new information in my brain. And, oh, go Kings. Let's go Kings. I think it's kind of funny that he could have went to the Kings, but since the Bulls had the same offer, he's like, well, if I have the same two offers on the table, I ain't going to go to the Kings. I'm going to stay with Chicago. Well, I think it's one of those things, if the Bulls decided to match it, he would have had no choice. Oh, it's okay. like one of those scenarios where, like, you can seek it, but if we want to match it, like, you know how, like, an offer yeah. sheet, yeah. like the Pittsburgh Penguins offer sheet, Brandon Saad, the Hawks were going to match it, but then they traded yeah. him to Columbus. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Similar, similar, similar. I'm um, excited for the NBA playoffs. Are the Bulls going to make it? They're going to have to hot. play in the play-in. Yeah. And that's, that's making yet. the playoffs. That's making the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's one and done. If you win – then you have to play again because if, well, first of all, the play in series, isn't a series. It's a one. <laughs> yeah. It's like a wild card on one game. Oh, one. I didn't know. It well, was it's a, one a game tournament. Wild card. It's yeah. A yeah. Like if you're, if you're a 10 seed or a nine seed, it's one and done, I think. But if you're a seven or an eight seed and you lose to the 10 seed, you, you're still in, I'm pretty sure. That's why it t it's so hard for a 10 or a 9 to get in because you have to win twice, but then they only have to win once. I'm pretty sure that's the way it works. So I know it's not a series, though, against the team. You play the one team. If you win, you go on. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I love the plan. I think it is so much more Me fun. too. Me too. Like, it's, in, it's incredible. It's great baseball. It's like a mini tournament before the playoffs start. I'm all in on more sports. Give me more sports. Would you be mad if they added in the NHL? No. It'd be a little harder because it's a one game, but imagine imagine if Buffalo played the Islanders and then the Penguins played the Panthers. Yeah, how would it look right now? Let's look. It'd be those two. 
But Ottawa would still be alive. Washington would still be alive. Detroit would probably still be dead. Oh, yeah. So the way it would be right now in the East is it the play-in would be the Islanders, the Penguins, the Panthers, and, and, Buffalo. and Buffalo. That would be the play-in. That would be pretty cool. But the Islanders would play Pittsburgh and Florida would play Buffalo. And Flo- the winner of Florida-Buffalo would move on to play the loser Seven would of... play 10 and then 8 would play 9. Oh, Wait, no. Are you no, sure no, it wouldn't no, be the no, no. Seven, Nine plays eight. Eight. seven plays eight, and then if you lose, you play the winner of nine and ten. Nine and ten. Yeah. 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 I like that. Nine and ten is out. So Ottawa. The loser's would, out. Yeah. So Buffalo would play Florida. The loser's out. And they would have to beat the loser of seven and eight. But the winner of seven me. and eight is in. I love oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give it to me a one. Oh, yes. Without question. So, so there's no love fish. It. There's no fish like if you're a seven or an eight team, how you normally would be in the playoff, your advantage is you have to lose twice to not be in the playoffs. So like you still have an advantage because like some people are like, well, it's unfair because in normal year, the eighth seed would make it into the playoffs, but now they have to play in this play in. Yeah, but your advantage is you could lose once and still be in. Yeah. Or if you're a nine or a 10, you have to win two in a row. There is still, there is still, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a reason to strive for the highest seed possible, even if you're a play-in team. Mm -hmm. 10 and 8 are not equal. No. Dude, imagine it in the West, dude. Seattle against Winnipeg, and then the (laughs) loser of that plays the winner of Calgary-Nashville? Oh, my God. I love the plan. I think it's the greatest thing the NBA has ever done. 100%. They had it that COVID year, and then they're like, this shit's amazing. We're yeah, they thought it was Mickey rough. Mouse. Shit. It was going to be some Mickey Mouse shit in the bubble only. And then, I mean, they finished the regular season in the bubble too, which the NHL didn't. But oh. like, this is amazing. We got to keep this around. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. I that was awesome. Will you be watching any Bulls playoff games? Yeah, if, I'll probably watch every play-in game. I'm not an NBA diehard, but I like sports. I like competition. I might be relegated to computer. You know, while hockey or baseball is on the big TV, like I would watch a. This is gonna sound kind of douchey, but I would watch like a White Sox, you know, regular season game on the big TV, and the Bulls would playoff game would be on the computer. But you know, well, what I, if dude, they were in the NBA championship? Then, no, then the regular season White Sox game goes on the computer, hundred percent. If they're like in the NBA finals, or yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not a fool. I'm You'd a baseball. probably be watching it with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the White Sox can even go on the phone in that situation. Um, it depends on the Devils too, or just the NHL playoffs in general. Because I would watch the I would watch the conference finals between I would watch the conference finals between the Kings and the Leafs over a Bulls final game. I know that sounds crazy too, but it's no disrespect to them. It's just basketball is my number four sport. I, there's no shame in that. I still like it. Um, you don't have to like hate the sports that aren't your number one. You could still enjoy them too. Um, but hell yeah. yeah, man, sign me up. Let's go, Kings. Are the King? They're not Kings. Aren't a playing team though. No, they're like. Hold on, I'll tell you exactly. Um, another reason why I like the playing, I think it'd be cool for the NHL is get teams like the Capitals a reason to really push and yeah. try to make that ten spot or Ottawa. Ottawa would be really pushing to get in. It keeps teams invested. To where they like less tanking involved, right? The trade deadline would be more and fun too. 
because oh, there would yeah. be more medium teams <gasps> trying to do <gasps> revenue. Absolutely. Right now, the Kings are 45 and 30. They got seven games left in the regular season. Um, their biggest move this offseason was getting Sabonis. I didn't, I mean, he's a great player. When I saw it happen, I'm like, oh, wow, that's going to be great. I didn't think it'd help him that much, but it has. Um, and they sit currently at their third place in the Western Conference. That's crazy. They are. Did the dog barking scare the shit out of you like it did me? Not really. I literally was like, are you kidding me right now? They they have a, they're five games ahead of the Suns for fourth place. The Suns are in fourths and the Kings have five games in hand, five games, not in hand. They just have a five game lead against the Suns and they're three games behind the Grizzlies for second in the conference. Who's ahead of the Kings? The Grizzlies are in second. And then the Nuggets are in first. The Nuggets clinched. Um, what is they clinched the division? The Nuggets, and so did the Grizzlies. That's right crazy. now, the right now the Bulls are in the tenth spot. They would have to play the Raptors, which is tough. The Raptors are very good, but they have a one and a half, no, a two and a half game lead over the Wizards. So it's looking right now like the Bulls could be a, a playing team for sure. I'd I'd be cool with that. I'd be cool with that for sure. I would watch the game. They'd probably lose. I, but would they, though? I don't know. I don't know. It would be in Toronto, which is tough. Is it – are the Rap like, why are the Raptors the eight seed, though, if they're that tough? Well, they're the nine seed, but, I mean, it just or the seems, nine seed. It seems like every time I focus in on them, they're they're good. Like, if, yeah. like yesterday, they blew out – I forgot who they're playing, but they – Oh, the Heat. They won by like double digits against the Heat. But the Heat were a little injured. But it just seems like every time you focus your attention on them, they do good. They've won three in a row. The Bulls have been hot, though, like you said. They're seven and three in their last ten. So I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I'd love to see the Bulls get in as a seven or an eight seed. I mean, they would open up against the Bucks if they did or the Celtics. So they'd probably get shelled. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean – Last year's series against the Bucks was tough, so I can only imagine if they played them this year. But are the Nets – and then we can finally move back to hockey. Are the Nets in a playoff spot? Because I know they traded everyone away, but they had most of the year with those guys. And I feel like every team in the league should be trying to draw the Nets in the first round. They're sixth. So they're, so, not, they're not a playing team. They're in an actual spot. But, yeah. only, but the Heat are a half game behind, and I think the Heat will pass them up. I think the Nets will fall to a play-in team. That's tough. That's tough. I'd be rooting uh, – the Heat, every team in the league should be rooting for the Nets to not be a play-in team. They're going to be a play-in team, guaranteed, I think. Yeah, because, like, their roster has just fallen off because they traded away Durant and Irving. But they had Durant and Irving for, like, the first portion of the I season. Know. So, like, they're up there. <laughs> They're up there, but they're the worst team in a playoff spot, probably. Like, I think the Bulls could probably take them down. They could. I could see it happening for sure. Yeah. Well, maybe the Bulls, if they can squeak out a win against Toronto or something, they'll they'll get a losing Nets team. I right? Mean, I want to see them make it. So whatever they have to do to make the playoffs would be amazing. What if they're the 10 seed, upset the Raptors, and then they get the losing Nets who lost to 
whoever would be the eight seed. The Hawks. The Hawks. Oh, they would lose to the Hawks. Hawks are pretty good. Yeah, the Hawks would beat the Nets, and then the Bulls could beat the Nets. Uh, that, that's my plan to get the Bulls in, out of the play-in round. And then you draw the Bucks in the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's about getting in, right? But you got to get there first. So, Anybody yeah, invited to, to the dance could be the last one standing sometimes. Oh, yeah. Not really. Um, Frank, we got a lot going on in the hockey world right now, and it doesn't just stick to the NHL. Mm-hmm. Let's get to that, period number two. Record length for period one? Again? No, I think episode 100 was, it was like an hour and 30-something minutes. Remember hour 40-something? Because we had all those we had all those people coming in. Do you remember that? Fun. Oh, yeah, that was fun. I can't really hear fun. you. I said, oh, yeah, that was fun. That was really, really fun. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. I'm wondering why all of a sudden you can't. I haven't done anything differently. Testing one, two, testing, testing one. Unless it's me. Hold on. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't changed anything. You heard me fine in the first period, right? Oh, yeah. Talk? Testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No, it's not my. I thought it was my volume. I mean, maybe it's. I mean, does anybody else in the chat? Can anybody else hear him? You can hear me, though, a little bit. Yeah, but it's like obnoxiously like Really? I'm gonna have to sit here and like Testing strain one, two, three, four, five, six. Is seven, somebody in the chat could say something? Because if it's me, I'll I'll leave. No, it might be me. Um I don't know. You said it's obnoxiously low. What is going on? Should I leave and come back? I just want to know if it's me or you. Well, let me try rejoining. Could you hear me fine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me a sec. Well, we're in period number two. Um, Got a lot of different hockey stuff to talk about today. Um, Going to be talking a little college hockey, the Frozen Four. The regional round just ended, so that should be interesting. Um, But, yeah, I can't wait to dive into it. Testing one, two, three, four. That might be worse. Are you serious? Foster. Or no, Foster's not Skokes. Testing one, two, three, four, five. New comma. Vinny never sounded so good. Okay, so maybe it's your BS shit. No, I think he's being an... Is it me? You can't hear me at all. I could hear you, but I wish, like, you could, like... You want me to talk like this? Because I, mean... I will. I absolutely have the capability of raising my voice. I mean, we could go on like this, but if people are hearing what I'm hearing, it's just not good quality. Uh, it's not good quality. So, I mean, we could progress if you want to progress. Yeah. I mean... But you said you didn't you say you had problems with your mic earlier or the past couple? I thought you said it was like connecting me to your outside speaker. See, Tom says barely. He could barely hear you. Now you're muted. How are we doing now? Did you unplug your mic? Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of... 
and I'm just yeah. running it from. Whoa, 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 whoa. That talk? Testing one, two, three, four, five, I, six. Yeah, yeah. The Boston Bruins, New Jersey yeah. Devils, sound noise. You're good. I mean, I'm not coming out of this anymore, so I will just do the rest of the show like this. I don't. Uh, let me try reconnecting it one more time to see. You're going to unplug it? How do I sound now? Testing one, two, three. Back to being low? No, you sound the same you did a couple minutes ago. Like, like good? Good, like it was the whole time. Okay, you're back in my headset. Problem solved. Um, Frank. Says, there you go. Yeah, okay, perfect. I don't know why. That was weird. That was weird. All I did was disconnect this from the computer and then reconnect it. Um, that's all it takes. Sometimes that's all it takes. Technology, we are at the mercy of it. Frank, the college hockey slate was arguably better and more entertaining than the actual basketball slate this year because the basketball slate, everyone's bracket was destroyed so that early on. That makes good entertainment. I like it the does, entertainment. I like it the does make – it does, it does. They're both great. But what did you think of the college hockey weekend slate? This is probably the most I followed college hockey this year You're over welcome. any other year. Well, I to me, there's just I rather followed college football or basketball when it comes to college sports. I even watched some college baseball once in a while, but no, it was interesting. Minnesota defeated uh, St. Cloud State four to one, dominating performance by Minnesota, and Justin Close, the goaltender, was sensational for Minnesota. He helped Minnesota get back to the Final Four for back to back years. Um, he actually the only goal he allowed was on the power play. So he didn't allow any even strength goals. He, he just, he looked absolutely amazing. Um, they're a force to be reckoned with here. Uh, any, as far as everything else, Penn state versus Min uh, Michigan outstanding game. I got to catch the tail end of that. Um, Penn state led one Oh with eight fifty two left to go in the third period before Adam Fantilli tied the game up. Fantilli! And it wasn't long before Mackie Samuskevich scored 52 seconds into overtime. It was an unbelievable effort by Penn State. But nonetheless, Michigan, who I'm very high up on in this, uh, this college tournament, gets it done. But Penn State had them at their brink. So it was very entertainment week, very entertaining weekend. I loved every bit of it. There are a lot of people that are playing in this tournament from the NHL. Every team has at least two already drafted NHL prospects. So I think that is something that, you know, makes this tournament worth watching. Most teams in the league have at least one representative that started in the the slate, you know, the entire tournament. Now we might be down. Not every team might be left. But, you know, there's some good stuff. Even Penn State had two. Um, players that were drafted NHL players, and of course, my good friend Sam Wu, co-host of mine of the Let's Go Devils podcast, woo, <laughs> was uh, he's a Penn State alum, and he's a New Jersey Devils fan. So he was hoping that his alma mater would send the Devils' top prospect to the Devils, but the Michigan Wolverines got it done in overtime in one of the more entertaining games of the entire weekend. Yeah. Frank. I think, it, you know, obviously BU, Michigan, Quinnipiac, and Minnesota all advanced to the Frozen Four. Um, I don't think any of those teams are the disputed favorite. I do think Michigan and Minnesota feel like they're on a little collision course here, but Quinnipiac and BU are going to try to have something to say about it. So, And I thought after the way Ohio State played in their first game, 
that they would destroy Quinnipiac and they were dogs and I was surprised and I bet it and I lost. Um, Quinnipiac and BU are very good. BU, BU is going to give – BU's got Minnesota in the next yep. game. Yep. They're going to give them hell. And I know you're going to pick Minnesota, and I probably am too, and we have a couple reasons for that, but I don't think it's a lock. I don't think it's a lock one bit. BU with Camesso. Camesso's been outstanding. Blackhawks prospect. And then their best player, um, Lane. Lane what? what? I'm trying to blink on his last Lane name. Lane Johnson? Yeah. No. Who's Lane Johnson? That name rings Lane, a bell. Lane Johnson is someone. It's something son, though. I'm – I feel so dumb Are you sure right it's not now. Lane Johnson? Because no, Lane Johnson not. is somebody. Yeah, Lane Johnson's in the NFL. Lane Hudson. <laughs> Hudson. Lane Hudson. Yeah. What a dummy I am for just drawing a blank on that for a second. I've been tweeting about him so much I shouldn't forget his name. Um he's a Montreal Canadiens draft pick. I see like a potential Norris trophy candidate. I'm being dead serious. He is so good. He will be on the Habs in short order. It'll take him a minute. It takes defenseman time sometimes. But I honestly think like what you know he's able to do. You okay? There? Is, yeah, I was adjusting something on the because there are these guys doing the lawn out there right now. I'm like perfect freaking timing, guys, and I oh, wanted yeah. to close the blind, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to. It's kind of a far reach. Um, he's so good, and he's impacted games. He made the game-winning play for BU against Ohio State. Or no, it wasn't against. Was it the first game they played, and they were about to tie it, and he made a defensive play. Normally, when they think of Lane Johnson or Lane Watson, damn it, Frank Hudson, Hudson, God. <laughs> um, normally they think of his offense, and his defense shined too in this tournament so far. So you're gonna get um, BU versus Minnesota and Quinnipiac yep. versus Michigan. Um, we're not going to give our predictions on the series till next week, but is there anything else that stands out from that tournament as far as what you noticed from specific players? Well, I think of the four teams that are left, Quinnipiac's like the least likely to have success in this tournament. I mean, this is their only their third final four ever, or four, frozen four, sorry, ever. Um, in some of the stats that I found interesting going into the frozen four, well, that is that this will be the 27th meeting between uh, Boston University and Minnesota. And each team has won 12 times with two ties, which to me is just unbelievable how evenly this rivalry has been over the years. Where if you switch gears to Michigan and Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac has never beaten Michigan in school history. They're 0 for 5. And the team that Michigan has this year really puts Quinnipiac at a very, very high disadvantage. Um, but nonetheless, I think both games could be pretty interesting. And the regional round that just took place, besides, I mean, Minnesota, it was a lopsided victory, and Ohio State kind of was fairly lopsided too. But other than that, it, it, everything's been pretty entertaining, I would say. And I don't, I mean, this Frozen Four could be decently entertaining, but we'll save our predictions for next week. Yeah, we'll save our predictions for next week. One thing I want to focus on with Michigan, Luke Hughes. He had a chance gonna... to win the game. 
Yeah, he did. And what a player. What a player. Uh, we talk about this on the Let's Go Devils podcast game day live all the time when we talk about Luke Hughes. He is exceptional. And in his freshman year, last year, he had Owen Power and Kent Johnson and Matty Beniers, and they were great. They failed to do what they we thought they were going to do. St. Cloud State ended up winning the whole thing. But this year – or last year he was all about offense and just joining the rush and scoring and having the most points in the country as a defenseman this year, his points came. He was Michigan's second leading scorer. Only Adam Fantilli had more, but he has put focus on his defending his positioning and everything else that goes into being a high caliber NHL player. And he's been trying to put it all together and the offense has come, the defense has come, and I just think he's a world-class player. He, I think I think he's the fourth-best prospect in the world right now. It's fair. It is fair. Um, do you, you think he'll play for the Devils this year? Mm, see, I don't know. I mean, I guess he could play the final two games, like you said. Buffalo but, and Washington. They play. But are they going to do that? I don't, I don't know, to be honest with you. Tom Fitzgerald said he will join the team once he's done. That doesn't necessarily mean he will play. I'm going to say no. There's no reason for him to play the final two games. Interesting. I do think he does. I think he plays the final two. Why? Let's see if he could play in the playoffs. You think he would potentially play in the playoffs? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's very If that's the case, then maybe. I think he's so good. Like, there's no way he's he's not – Helping you more than like Brent Brennan Smith. Is that allowed to play in yeah. the playoffs? Oh yeah. Uh, McAvoy did it. Uh, BU got bumped in the Frozen Four, and he went and joined the Bruins and was their best defenseman in the playoffs besides Chara. Um, there was another example. Fox chose not to because he didn't want to play for the Hurricanes. Um, there are a couple players who have done it. So, I definitely think it's possible that he plays and they'll try to figure out if he he would make an impact. I mean, his skating, it would hype up Jack. You'd see him get to another level, I think. Um, it would just, it would be a really nice feeling to see Luke play for the devil. Now your mic is crackling a little bit, but it's fine. Maybe it's just me playing with this. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's fine. Uh, I'm fidgety. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited about the Frozen Four. I literally can't wait for it. I will be all in Tampa, Florida, Amelie Arena, home of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, um, going to be outstanding. So, um, and then I, I'm, I'm going to try and push college hockey a little more because I, even I've picked it up a little bit more in the last couple months because of Devils prospects and you know what Minnesota's got going on. That's why I think our predictions are probably going to align next week. They have Snuggerud who's a Blues prospect, outstanding tournament so far. Logan Cooley, in my opinion, is the number one prospect in the world right now. Um, and then Brodzinski, he, he's on that team. And they have Matthew Nyes, who's going to be a Leaf. He might join the Leafs for the playoffs. They'd probably rather him than a couple of their bottom six forwards that they currently have. So I really like what some of these teams got going right now. It's, uh, it's definitely going to be entertaining. That's for sure. So I'll probably definitely, when does that start? April 
four? Six. The six? Six to six, the eighth. Six and the eighth. Yep. Okay. Are, are you going to bet it? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I went one and one on betting in, in, the, in the tournament so far. I think um, Michigan and Minnesota are going to be fairly decent favorites. Now, if they play each other, that's a different story. I think it'll be a little more even. Yeah, I agree. I don't um, know who's better out of the two. But I think in the Frozen Four, there's going to be a significant favorite. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe I think Michigan will be a pretty heavy favorite over Quinnipiac, and Minnesota might be a pretty decent favorite, but not as much as a favorite Michigan will be. I agree. Frank, one more thing on this. Adam Fantilli. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the He's going to be the number two pick in the draft. I don't know if he's necessarily Bedard, but can he be Heischer? Maybe. Or Bergeron, Barkov, one of those types of guys? Like, that. that's where I see him. I see his ceiling as, like, Heischer, which is, out, like, a number one overall pick in most drafts, two-way centerman, 70 to 80 points a year, just playing outstanding two-way game. And the Hawks have had success building around a guy like that before, you might remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stokes um, Fantilli is also scrappy as hell. Love the way he plays. I love the way he looked in that game when he tied it, one-one. He looked great. I mean, it, it almost seems poetic, like the man to save your seasons, Adam Fantilli. Like, why does that always happen? Yeah, it it's just the best players being the best players, and Adam Fantilli is their best player. Well, he's their best forward. Um, it's hard to say, like, if Luke Hughes were in this draft right now, he'd probably be the number one or number two pick behind Bedard. But, like, it's just so hard to put into perspective because of the year difference and, mm-hmm. um, you know, experience and all that. But, man, Fantilli's so good. I have a take. I have a team that I see him playing for, and I just have a hunch. Fantilli? And I think I'm going to I think I'm gonna bet it. I don't know if that's how much what the second pick? No, you could do the second pick. Oh, who's gonna land the second pick? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think you can, right? I think you can too. Yeah, hundred percent. I have. Yeah, oh, I okay. hit. I hit on Seattle having the second pick in twenty twenty one. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And you could do the first pick. Yeah, I did not hit on that. <laughs> but I don't remember because I would always just bet the Devils. I think Philly gets Fantilly. Philly Fantilly? Philly Fantilly. He's just really? a flyer, man. He's just a flyer. Like, I I just have this odd feeling. Like, either Chicago, Columbus, or San Jose get Bedard, and Philly gets Fantilly. I could see him going to Anaheim. Fantilly? That'd be I cool. could just picture his name on the Ducks jersey. And he'd be perfect for Zegris because Zegris is like the offensive-minded, gifted hands type guy. If he played with a player like Fantilli, who's responsible defensively, also outstanding offensively, tons of skill, I just see that as a match made in heaven. And then Bedard's best fit in terms of the players he could play with might be it's either the Hawks or Columbus. Because if he went to Columbus, he could play with hockey. And if he went to Chicago, I think Reichel Bedard is probably their first line to start next year. Oh, yeah. 
Reichel down the middle and then Bedard on his right wing. That'd be which cool. Would be really, really cool. I agree. Um trying to see here. Um Yeah. Connor Bedard, he'll be the number one pick. Guaranteed. What do you think? You know, for a man that ended the WHL season with 71 goals and 143 points, I'm excited. I mean, there's really not not much more we could say about him, right? I mean, the time is coming. May 8th, we'll know exactly where he's going to go. Whoever wins the draft lottery on May 8th, we know where he's going to be. There's not much more to say on him. I'm getting excited. The closer we get, we're less than two months away from finding out. I'm excited to see how he performs in his first ever playoff game in the WHL. He's never played in a WHL playoff game. So that'll be interesting to see how he performs under that sort of pressure. Um, He's got a lot of pressure coming into the NHL because it's not going to be like last year when we're watching. I'm like, all right, Shane Wright's not one. He's probably going to go two. Oh, he didn't go two. He's got to go three. Oh shit, he didn't go three. He's four and he was what he went fourth. That's not gonna happen this year. So I think the kid's got a lot of pressure on him just because whatever everybody in the media is saying about him. And I'm excited. I really have there's not much more I could say about him, except that he's probably gonna be a generational player. Um I'm excited. I really am. I really am. I hope the hype is real. If he doesn't go to the Hawks, then I hope he stinks, but that's besides the point. <laughs> No, you don't. I don't care. He's got your birthday. Oh, that's true. I, you know what? Yeah, you got that. You, I forgot about that. You can't hate Bedard. I don't hate Bedard, but why would I care if he's on another team? Because it's sick. Yeah. Are you a hockey fan or a Blackhawks fan? A Blackhawks fan. Blackhawks fan a- before a hockey fan. Well, you're out of your mind. I wouldn't the care shield. if he, he wasn't on nah. the Shield, man. It's all about you, the shield. Why am I going to root for somebody who's going to give me headaches the next 20 uh, years? You, you don't, like, enjoy McDavid? Not as much as some people. You're out of your mind. I really like McDavid does it like, yeah, it's cool to watch, but it's. McDavid brings me out of my seat. Um, what, uh, what do you think? Like, what's Bedard's points next year, though, no matter who he plays for? I'm going to write this down, actually. Hmm. I don't want to get too crazy because it's always hard in their first year. Um, 85. 85. You got a goals, assists type deal? Uh, yeah, let me do the math. 20, 65. No, 28 60. goals, 57 assists. That doesn't equal 65. 85. 25. 28 goals. How many assists? 57. Skoke says, I kind of have the vibe like Bedard's career won't mean as much to me if he's not with us. See, that's how I feel. I'm sorry, Frank. I was reading something one more time. 28 goals, 57 assists. How many points is that? Eighty-five points. So you're you're on the higher end, yeah. Than me. You're on the higher end than me because I was thinking twenty-five goals and forty-five assists for seventy points. Seventy points. How many goals? Twenty-five. 
maybe okay. I'm maybe I'm dead ass off. Austin Matthews had 69 points in his rookie year, and 40 of them were goals. Bedard is more of a goal scorer, but I don't know. Skokes agrees with you, I guess. Yeah, Career if it's not that much. if he doesn't come to the Hawks, it's no more bad for Bedard. It's hashtag bash Bedard. I mean, that that's an interesting way to look at it. For me, it's like if you're great, if you're like great and you're good for hockey, I want hockey to be the most popular sport. And I will die on that hill. If you're great, I like you. I love watching Sidney Crosby. I love Alexander Ovechkin. I love McDavid. I love Dreisaitl. The Nate Dog. Um, it was nice that the Hawks had two guys like that for a long time up front. It's Tate so weird because when it comes to hockey, like any other sport, I kind of agree with you. But I think it's because I love hockey so much and I love the Hawks so much. I, it's so different. Like if there's players in the NBA that are great, I love it. Like if John Moran's playing or Devin Booker or, you know, I, I just love it. But when it comes to hockey, no, I'm not that way. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I love hockey so much. That makes sense. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. I agree. <laughs> but like, we got to love Bedard. We got to cherish him. Oh, don't worry. I'll be cherishing him if he's a hawk. Oh, I'm sure you will, pal. <laughs> Frank, that is some outstanding hockey conversation. Sorry I got a little distracted by the uh, these guys right up my window. I mean, imagine a guy walking up to your window with a chainsaw, and you have no idea why. Well, I thought I was going to die mid-show, but he was just a nice man doing the work out the there. You would have to go on, right? Like, Yeah. Oh, no. You continue. <laughs> um, just make sure you follow the script I presented to you. And love Bedard. Jesus. Love all the best players. You don't have to love them when they play the Hawks. You don't even have to love them when, like, it's late in the season and, like, they might affect the Hawks' chances of making playoffs. But enjoy them. Enjoy the best players. Root for Ovechkin. Root for Crosby to have 2,000 points. Root for Ovechkin to break Gretzky's goal record. Enjoy McDavid. You're you're breathing the same time as legends. Enjoy it. Connor Bedard's one of them. Can't wait. Frank, speaking of legends, you watched a legendary, terrible finish to a great show. And I have a feeling you kind of agree with me based on your ending comment. Overall, great show. We'll said nothing said nothing about how great you thought the end was. I didn't get any exclamation points like I did in we'll, previous we'll seasons. We'll, we'll I know it. the outcome had to have annoyed you. If it didn't, you have no soul. We will get to that in period number three. Welcome to period three. Before we begin. I can't hear you again. What thing? <laughs> the graphic? Oh, no. What thing? I can't hear you. Huh? Can you hear me now? No. Hold on. He goes, maybe it's the thing. Can you hear me? I mean, I could hear you, but I'm straining. You should be able to hear me out of the computer now. Skokes, could you back me up on this? Yeah, I'm coming out of my MacBook speakers now. I can't hear you. You can't hear me at all. 
I could. I'm answering you, aren't I? I could hear you a little bit. G says it's like you're whispering. Vinny is completely silent from Travis. It was like really low. It was worse than before, but yeah. Vinny is very faint. See, I'm glad I have a little backup. It's all right. Things will get it fixed. I'm excited to discuss my Thrones talk. I'm very excited. Finally finished it. But, yeah, here he is. How do I sound now? A little better. A little That's better. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I would say if I had to rank your volume on a scale of 1 to 10, you were a 1 before, and now you're like a 2.5. How am I now? Like a 2.5. Same thing. Travis says he came back really faint but went out again. I could hear him. I could still hear him. That sounds decent. Eh, decent. What about now? Testing. You think that sounds different? Yeah, Travis says you sound like you're a mile away. It's so weird. I'm getting annoyed because both times. Why don't you unplug your uh your mic? Are you not in there, Mike? Maybe it's us if Skoke says he sounds decent, but that that ain't decent. Can you hear me now? Hello? Testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. Mm, mile away still. Hello? Oh, wait, wait, talk. Testing one, two, three, four, five. You're at like a four. You're at like what a about four. Now? Holy shit. Wow. Hello? Testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you did, but you're like screaming now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> now it sounds like you're in my house. What is going on? What did you just do to make it better? Testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, how am I now? Yeah, it'll just have to do. I mean, I can lower it, though, again. No, I mean, just leave it. Hello? Testing one, two, three. No, up, up, up. Up, 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 up. Testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Keep going a little bit. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Hello? Testing one, two, three, four, five, six. He's back. Annoyed. So annoyed. Hate that. He's back. (laughs) Tom goes, Vinny, quit shouting. You were like, oh! <laughs> we're back. I hate technical difficulties almost as much as I hate the Game of Thrones ending. All right. Now we could talk. Before we keep going, yeah, if yeah, you going. haven't watched Game of Thrones and you plan on it, get out. Go. Spoiler Alert, we are going to directly spoil everything that happens at the end of this show, Game of Thrones. If you don't want to hear that, mute your mic right now. Frankie will take spoiler alert down once we are done. You have five seconds until we dive into it. If you don't want to know the ending of Game of Thrones, click away right now. Give them a few seconds. Frank, that was a fucking bullshit ending. All right. All right. So here's 
pretend going into uh, season eight, I told you guys I'm probably going to like the ending. I'm, I'm not as much as a hater as you guys. It pains me to agree with you guys. It really does. It, yeah, it honestly, it, it like I didn't want to agree with you guys. No shit, because you don't want to believe it. But you like a lot of things that. that like everybody thinks is bad, it's like I don't think is that bad. Here's the thing: I disagree with season eight being bad because I don't hate season eight. I hate the way it ended. Right? I hate who was on the end. Who was on the throne? What? The whole time I'm thinking, if this motherfucker tries to tell me that Bran the Broken being the fucking king of Westeros is a good thing, I'm going to punch him in his face. I I sat there to G. I'm like, they should give it to Bran as a joke. I said that. And then it happened. I go, I was just kidding. (laughs) I was like, no, I was just doing that to be an ass. I also didn't like the way the White Walker story finished. It felt rushed. They were that powerful, and it just ends like that. And Arya Stark was able to jump out of nowhere and kill the Night King? When, like, everybody, his his crew is just watching? And he caught her. I thought he was going to kill her. That would have been badass if he fucking killed Arya right there. But all she had to do was drop her knife, catch it, and boom, every White Walker's dead? Are you shitting me? Disgusting ending to the show. I liked seeing Daenerys become the Mad Queen. I loved seeing oh, see, her I didn't like that. When she destroyed it with the dragon. I was pissed. I was like, seriously. I was pissed, I was pissed too, but like, you, you saw that coming from a mile away. I they, agree with Travis. It felt rushed. To me, it's not, it's not bad. I don't classify it as a bad season. I like the other stuff that happened in the season. Those were my two biggest problems. You needed to see Arya lose her virginity. That that was something that needed to happen in the world but, of Frankie. But that does, yeah, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't like make it me think it's a bad season. I like that the way everything was going. I like how Jamie was turning good. I really like that. That was really cool. I wanted him to stay at uh, Winterfell, but I don't know. I it felt rushed. I didn't like the way that Cersei died. Me too. I wanted, I wanted to see her get a painful, mean chop off her head while she's suffering death. I love Jamie Lannister, and it was like kind of dumb that he went back just to die like that. I thought it was cool when the Hound fought the Mountain. I thought that was really cool. Um, that was a cool moment. But then again, when Cersei's hand just died by the Mountain like that, that felt kind of rushed too. It's like, why did they have to do six episodes? They should have done like eight or ten. It just felt rushed. I agree with Travis. The whole thing felt rushed. You're coping. You're looking for ways to make it seem like you don't vehemently hate it. And the whole season. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. The whole the season. Fact that if, the fact that people hate it. It's like I, I, I hate the ending. I don't hate the season. Frank, the whole season ruined what was and i think that's why people hate it frank it's okay to admit that they ruined the whole show the entire time you go back and rewatch it you're gonna think to yourself this little fucking dweeb that jamie kicks out of the thing <laughs> is gonna end up being the king of westeros and he's gonna use his freaking little powers to do it and when the night king is about to kill um reek Arya jumps out of nowhere and smashes his ass and like 
Arya killing the Night King is cool. It's the way she killed the Night King. You can barely see the Battle of Westeros. It's a completely black episode. It was hard to see anyone. <laughs> it looked like you were watching a bunch of silhouettes fight each other. <laughs> you had to watch that big, mean mountain kill that little, cute queen girl. Um, it was just... It was a disaster. What a terrible, terrible ending to a beautiful, beautiful show. Brand the Broken. The way Khaleesi dies and Jon Snow shoves the sword in her. Like, you guys were falling in love, man. What happened? Well, that I kind of like. That was kind of... I don't know. I didn't hate that. It was stunning. And the way the dragon destroys that the That was stupid. That How was do stupid. Drag- dragons don't... Uh, dragons went from being dragons to having fucking feelings. I don't know. I I don't know. No, I, I didn't like that he melted the throne. That was kind of like, all right, come on. But no. I thought it I and yeah, I mean, I mean there are a lot of things I didn't like. I didn't like that John went to back to the Night's Watch. What's the purpose of the Night's Watch? Because like there's no, no the Night White King. Walkers are dead. Yeah. Well, it's... what's the purpose of going back there? And not only that, but this didn't happen in season 8. But why did we have to know the Red Witch was old? Do you remember that one scene? Yeah. Was old? What, yeah. what was the point of that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, season, never... seven, season seven wasn't perfect, but it was still great. And I loved the ending with, the Night, King, with the Night King riding the dragon. Yeah. Season six was my, probably my favorite. But although my favorite episode is the final episode of season seven when they're all together and then the Night King thing. Uh-huh. But Battle just, of the Bastards was good in season six. You want to know how bad season eight is? The book isn't even written. Yeah, so why even do the show? They thought J.R.R. Tolkien would have, but then HBO took over. They got big for their bridges and wrote a terrible ending to a wonderful show. See, I heard House of Dragon is outstanding. And Travis says he was very disappointed in it. I heard that's like really good. Oh, yeah, I heard that was really good, too. I haven't watched it yet. Everyone Dylan I know, really yeah. likes it a lot. And Dylan's a hater. Yeah. I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. I honestly think I'm the most in the middle. I don't know. Terrible. Because what I, I don't know what House of Dragon is completely about. I know it follows like the Targaryens. I think it would be really cool and it would give me like chills. And I don't, Travis, don't say anything because I do plan on watching it. But I think it'd be really cool if we saw the Mad King and like Jamie Lannister kill the Mad King in House of Dragon. I don't know what I would do. I'd like shit a brick. Yeah, I think it's like way before any of those people are alive. It's like a long time before, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Skoke says Game of Thrones better than House of Dragon. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, but, yeah. But, <laughs> but like, there's only one season of House of Dragon. Yeah, but I guarantee, you, whole... I guarantee season of one is better than season eight of... Um, I was a little disappointed. I was disappointed in the yeah. way it ended. It sucked, and you're just too nice to admit it, which I respect. Um, the show was, as a whole was great. I oh, the show it. as a whole was you, Frank. And you know what? I knew this was going to be your take right when you texted me. You were like, "Just finished overall great show." <laughs> no comment of the season whatsoever. <laughs> and, and I know you're enough of like a contrarian where like you're not going to ever fully say how much you hate it and how disappointed you were with it, which is fine. You know, die on that hill if you want to. But like season eight was trashola. It stunk. It left every question that you wanted answered, unanswered. Everything you wanted out of the show did not happen. The throne is gone. 
they the new throne is a fucking re- remote control wheelchair and just <laughs> nasty, nasty, nasty. And I wonder why they went that route. Like they couldn't have thought that was a good idea in their heads. No, J.R.R. Tolkien hates it. Yeah, so why would they even go with that? They'll redo it one day. Tolkien will redo it. Tolkien will write. Oh, but not the show, right? Like I don't know. When he releases the book, I will read it and see that as the ending. In my brain, I might have to too. I mean, that was just dog shit. Bran the Broken is the king. I thought going into the season that the Night King was going to win. And this was before movie where bad guy wins without saying the name. Don't say name. Um, that is when I, I legitimately thought this was going to be one of the first times ever where the bad guy wins. And those two things came out right around the same time. The thing I'm referring to yeah. in Game of Thrones season eight, I think they were within weeks of each other, but it uh, just didn't make sense because he was so powerful. The Night Army, the Night King. He turned a fucking dead dragon into a sweet blue eyes white dragon looking thing. And it's like everybody just watched like his whole army as he like was getting attacked. Like there was just, it just felt rushed. Oh, and you know what else I fucking hated? In episode one of season eight, when Jon Snow and Khaleesi are kissing and all of a sudden the dragons peek their big ass heads out of nowhere and are like, <laughs> you'd see watching them. These are supposed to be vicious, mind-numbingly dark, awesome, fire-breathing dragons. And they're sitting there getting all freaky over Khaleesi <laughs> and Jon Snow smooching. This isn't fucking Toy Story. This isn't fucking, you know, Disney on Ice. This is Game of Thrones. Okay, one of the most evil, backstabbing, ruthless shows of all time. And I have two dragons getting all horny over Jon Snow and Khaleesi kissing. That show was so awesome from seasons one through eight. I'm my you're honestly reviving my memory of my hatred for season eight. Just absolutely magnificently horrible. I don't think any of us would have written a worse ending. I know Bran the Broken just wouldn't have been the fucking king. If I wrote the show, that's for damn sure. I he thought it would have been cool if Jon Snow ended on the throne. I thought Jon Snow... I, I was between Jon Snow and the Night King. I thought it would have been cool. Yeah. No, even after we knew what was going on when they were discussing. Yeah, like in that little... I thought it had been cool if they said, well, he's the rightful ruler of the throne. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. The only thing I liked where they sent Arya... Um, they can make a cool another sh- like sequel show on her life from there. Yeah. And I would watch the fuck out of that. I really like Arya. Arya Stark is amazing. Oysters, crabs, and cockles. Oysters, clams, and cockles. Yeah, I like that. What a... Oh, such a yeah. great show. But hey. And then K- Khaleesi just destroying Westeros. How did they not have her be the one to destroy Khaleesi? Or not Khaleesi, Cersei. I mean, just some fallen rock? I That's know, how we're going to get... I mean, get the... And then Jamie had to die right there with her? Are you kidding? Just... Bleh. And then when um, Tyrion went down there and you saw Jamie's hand laying there, I was like, they ain't going to be under there. They, they escaped or something before 
And that's just his hand that was left there, his metal hand. And then he was there. I'm like, all right, come on. <laughs> I wanted something. I was, I, you're right. We didn't get everything I asked for. I was left wanting more. Because of that atrocious ending, it didn't pass Breaking Bad as the greatest show of all time. It was on track. Is that ending good? The ending of Breaking Bad is the best ending of any show I've ever seen. So it won't be, I won't have that same feeling? No. Absolutely not. I mean, I don't think you will. Everyone, it's like unanimous that the ending of Breaking Bad is wonderful. People hate the ending of Sopranos, too. And that kept that from being the greatest show of all time. Have you ever seen it from beginning to end? Not from beginning to end, but I have a pretty good idea of everything. I kind of remember the finale of that. Yeah, it, it like goes black. Yeah. Stupid. Horrible. Dumb. But I'm glad I watched Thrones. Oh, yeah. Listen, it's my second or no, I think it's my third favorite show of all time. I used to say it was my second when it ended. It was on track to be my first, but I couldn't I just couldn't put it above Breaking Bad. And now um, Mandalorian has passed Game of Thrones. Wow. Officially after the last episode and like thinking of like my five or six favorite episodes of Game of Thrones, um, I legitimately think um, it's weird. Breaking Bad is Wayne Gretzky. It's like the goat from beginning to end of career. Game of Thrones is Alexander Ovechkin. The best five years might be better than Breaking Bad's best five years. Does that make sense? Like, like it's kind of hard to, yeah, and Travis makes a great point. Better Call Saul is great also. I loved Better Call Saul. We're not done with the Game of Thrones universe, though. No, no, it'll live forever. It'll be like Star Wars. and There's a Jon Snow story movie coming out, so that'll be cool. And I hope Kit Harington is part of it, because he did a great job portraying Jon Snow, even in that terrible, disgusting ending that he probably hated, too. Oh, and that freaking... Um, Sansa, uh, Sophie Turner, when they were rolling out the new episodes Sunday by Sunday, Sophie Turner was doing like a farewell tour. I started to convince myself she was going to be the, on the throne. She went to the Rangers game and they put her on the Madison square garden jumbotron and she chugs her wine. I'm like, she ended up being the freaking queen and she's on her victory tour right now. <laughs> and then she had a bullshit ending too. Oh, oh my God. The, they're independent. There's only sing, six uh, kingdoms now because Winterfell is its own kingdom. Yeah. And she's the queen of it or the lady of Winterfell, yeah. whatever you say it. Dumb. That's not how Game of Thrones is. Whoever rules the throne should rule every kingdom. Dumb. So stupid. Sorry, VP. And they had it so good, dude. That guy who was the leader of the Iron Islands. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Oh, I hated him. He was so annoying, but he was oh. so captivating. Just magnificent, I swear. Oh, I hated him. Yeah. So um, bad. But you like you hated him because you loved him. He like you bad. hated him because he was good. Like I'm not so good. Happy he he bit the dust. Yeah, no, me too. But uh, now I'm going to go. I think I'm going to do a. I've always wanted to do like a. 
a slow rewatch, a very casual rewatch where I'm not like committed to running episodes, like just whenever I have time, like a free hour, like run an app and eventually you'll have the show rewatched. I don't know. We'll see. I'll skip season eight, though. I It's the only season I've yet to go back and watch a single episode from. Hmm. Like I've watched I've rewatched my favorite episode in each season at least once. Really? Yeah. Except season eight, because I don't have a favorite episode because they mm-hmm. all stink. Um, well, you could take the spoiler alert down. I won't spoil anymore. You could come back if you were just having us muted for the duration of that conversation. But March Madness is never disappointing, unlike Game of Thrones. <laughs> March Madness has been outstanding. And this is probably the craziest year of yeah. recent memory. And it was kind of predicted. Everyone said there's not one or two teams that'll dominate. There's not even like six or seven teams that'll dominate. And lo and behold, we have nine seeds and seven seeds. And why don't you lay it all out for the folks? Yeah, so there's not one one seed, two seed, or three seed left in the final four. The highest seed left is UConn as a four seed. And then there's two five seeds and a nine seed. That is unbelievable. I, I've never seen anything like this where the highest seed left is a four seed. Not one single one, two, or three seed made the final four. And actually, Dylan made me recognize something. I don't know if he told you. But in our bracket, only three people in our entire bracket league chose only one correct team to make it to the final four, if you get what I'm saying. Everybody else had zero teams in the final four in our league. And three other people only had one correct final four pick. That's crazy. That is absolutely unbelievable. That's how crazy it is that only three people correctly predicted one team to get to the final four and everybody else had zero. That's how crazy this year was. The fl- the fact that Florida Atlantic University, who I had losing to Memphis in the first round, has a chance to go to the finals is just simply unbelievable. Which I'm pretty sure a nine seed's never won March Madness. I, I don't know what the highest is, but I just can't believe we're down to a four, two, fives, and a nine. Yeah. That's honestly unbelievable. Who are the four? UConn, Miami. They play each other. Mm-hmm. And San Diego State University and Florida Atlantic University. And who do you believe will win each game and then win the March Madness bracket this weekend? I think... Florida Atlantic's going to beat San Diego State University, so I think a nine seed's going to the final, and I think UConn's going to beat Miami, and I think UConn's going to win it all. UConn. Been a minute since UConn won, right? Oh, yeah. I know the women are good in UConn. They lost two, though, but they went on that crazy stretch where they were, like, undefeated for how many years? Women's UConn? Yeah. Is that uh, – is South Carolina's the best team in – Women's college basketball, right? Yeah, I think they're undefeated. Yeah. Travis says they only lost three games all year. Yeah, Florida Atlantic's only lost three games all year. But that's different because of the divi- or the conference they're in. So I don't always take that. I take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Like they lost three games all year, but they were still a nine seed because Florida Atlantic didn't play as tough a teams. That's why they're not a one seed. Funny, really. funny hearing Mr. Cincinnati Frankie say that. All right. Cincinnati and Alabama were equal because they were both undefeated. But Cincinnati, I thought, you know, they had that thing. And they didn't have that thing. 
There's no thing in college football. <laughs> Travis says Villanova was an eight when they won, and that was ISC. Yeah, nine's never won. And I don't think a nine is going to win this year, but, I mean, the fact that they have a good chance of getting to the championship, to me, anything could happen then. Yeah, absolutely. It is unbelievable. Well, I hope everybody enjoys their March Madness. Um, Frank, in addition to March Madness, hockey, the NBA going on right now, opening day is tomorrow. Yep. And everyone's getting excited to watch their Major League Baseball teams get in action. We will be getting you ready on Crosstown Crosstalk opening day edition tomorrow, where we are going to have a couple people come chime in, um, make some predictions, talk about who we think is going to win MVP, Cy Young in both leagues, who's going to win each division, what are the White Sox going to do, how are the Cubs going to do. I want Frankie to come in and talk about his Seattle Mariners for 10 minutes. Um, probably not going to happen. 10 minutes. I won't be at home at that time. You I can won't do it on be. your phone. My phone. Yes. It's always at 1% because of how <laughs> old my phone is. Literally, it lives on 1%. I'm not kidding you. It's probably at 1% five times out of the day. <laughs> it is so bad. I can't do anything on it. That's funny. Get Frankie a new phone so he could come on and talk Mariners and MLB The Show. And yeah. MLB The Show just came out. So yep, make sure you get into Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow. Um, um, Travis will make an appearance and talk White Sox. Um, I believe Joe Mandel's coming on, a couple other barroom people. And we will discuss the White Sox and the Cubs at length and a bunch of other things. Um, a couple of hot takes coming from VP, too. So make sure you tune in tomorrow, opening day. Very much looking forward to that. Frank, I think it is time for you to help make – America richer with America's favorite podcast segment of the week. I hope this doesn't fuck up my mic. Breaking bets. <laughs> No, no, don't even. Yeah, bullshit. You would have been <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. It didn't fuck up my mic. No. Let's go. Let's go. I don't know what's going on with you, but you're good. All right. Well, Frank, America's favorite podcast segment of the week. The floor is yours. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to do that, right? All right, we got to... You better make some shit up, boy. Hold on. Hold on. Got to pull up his graphics to show everyone how awful at gambling he's been lately. Yeah, we're down back to 50. You can't get yourself into the 40s. You better be smart. (laughs) We need two of three to stay above 50. We got three picks, and we're going to start with some hawk. Good old-fashioned hawk. Or as Vinny likes to say, puck. All right, we got, we got a great game tonight. Islanders against the Washington Capitals. Big game for the Islanders. Not as big as a game for the Washington Capitals. Right now, the Islanders are playing mean, meaningful games. Washington's been a really heavy slump late, lately, but it could go either way, honestly. But I really like the way the Islanders have been playing. So I got to take the Islanders at minus 120. A little bit of Vival there. I don't feel comfortable taking uh, the Capitals, even though they're a home dog. 
I still like the value you're getting with the Islanders just because of how consistent they've kind of been. And, you know, Washington's been consistently bad. So I will hop on the New York Islanders money line at minus 120. Come on, let's get let's get another hot pick in. We're above 50% in the NHL, so let's keep it going. Then I'm really – I love this pick. I really do. In the NBA, the Clippers are playing the Grizzlies. The line opened up as the Grizzlies minus five. And all of a sudden, it's like a pick em. The last time I checked, Clippers were plus one and a half. That's my pick, Clippers plus one and a half at minus 109. But then when I was writing it down, it like it moved to even. So it, the Clippers are slowly becoming a favorite. I know the Grizzlies are uh, have a lot of injuries that are occurring. It's just really weird that the line jumped that much from the Grizzlies minus five. And the Grizzlies are on a seven-game win streak, so they've been hot lately. I think this is a perfect spot where the win streak of the Grizzlies ends. So I love the Los Angeles Clippers money line. If it's a pick em. if not, I see them at plus one, plus one and a half. But once again, I don't have the, the lineup. This is just written down. So, I mean, the odds are subject to change. If, it, if they're plus points, I would take the Clippers plus points. If they're plus a half or maybe even plus one, I'd probably just stick with Clippers money line. But I have written down uh, Clippers plus one and a half at minus 109. It's probably my favorite play of the day of all my picks. And then finally, because March Madness is winding down, this will be a pick for Saturday. Wait. Hey, uh, whenever it is, it's Saturday or Sunday this week. Uh, Florida Atlantic Uni uh, University is facing off against San Diego State University. Everyone has underestimated Florida Atlantic all year. I'm the same way. I admit to it. They have beaten some pretty good teams. They beat in Memphis. They beat Tennessee. They beat Kansas State. They're playing San Diego State. And this could be the time where Florida Atlantic, their dream run ends. I'm not going to go against them. I'll take them plus two and a half. At minus 127, you're getting a free basket, free two and a half points. They very melt, they very well may get destroyed this game. And if that's the case, so be it. But I'm done underestimating them. I'm going to take them plus two and a half and let's see if they win or keep it close. Uh, Florida Atlantic University plus two and a half at minus 127. Let's get it done. There you go. Very exciting. Frankie trying to get back over 50%. Um, cause it'll be either over or under yep. depending on how we go this week. Um, you were hot there for a minute. Now you run into a little bit of a cold stretch. It happens. Um, I was hot for a hot minute there. See you tomorrow, Travis. Um, I was a little bit hot there for a minute. I nailed Leon dry scoring a goal at plus two something, um, hit a three team NHL parlay on the same day that I hit a, two-game college hockey parlay, and then the next day I lost a three-team NHL parlay and lost a college hockey parlay. So I've been on a little bit of a cold streak again. It happens. Gambling sucks. You're going to try and convince me that you're frozen even though I <laughs> I mean, be better. Yeah, at least I could hear you. Yeah, that's true. Fix your and game, I want everybody to come to Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow because we are going to get you so ready for uh, regular season baseball. The grind starts now, 162 ahead of us. Can't freaking wait. It's going to be so much fun. I hope to see as many people at the ballpark this season as possible. 
and hope to see everybody in here every Thursday talking baseball. And then, of course, on Monday nights, you'll be uh, hearing me a lot more White Sox focused when we do South Burbs, Hitman. Um, you know, Crosstown Crosstalk is more broad, all MLB type stuff, some Cubs. And then uh, South Burbs, Hitman is all White Sox all the time in-depth analysis on pretty much every aspect of the team. So I'm very much looking forward to that, and especially tomorrow's Crosstown when we're going to kind of talk to everyone about your favorite team. If you got something to say about your favorite team, you are more than welcome to join. You know how to find me. I'm at Twitter, at Vinny Parisi. Um, you can reach out to me and make an appearance on the show. I'm having it be for everyone. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I'm about to tweet out my – predictions of because i'm going to do it tonight i'm going to tweet them and then i'll say them on the show again tomorrow but i'll go more in depth on it um i'm going to have the mariners make the playoffs i think um it's no discussion that the the astros are going to win the division but i think the mariners are a playoff team for sure um it'll be exciting Uh, i'm gonna probably biasly pick the white Sox to win the central I really want them to, and I don't think the Central sends a wild card team. So we'll see what I end up putting out there. But Julio I'm excited about so it. Sweet this year. Julio is going to be so sweet this year. Uh, I just hope it's not when I'm playing Mr. Dylan Carballo in fantasy baseball. I hope he goes 0 for 20 that week. <laughs> I um, was so jealous when he got him. Yeah. There's nothing I could do. And then freaking Adam takes Glass now with his last pick, even though I, I was listening to an interview of Tyler Glass now to hear about his injury. And then Adam took on my pause, the interview and never finished it. (laughs) Just so pissed off. Um, But yeah, that's baseball. Get you ready for it. That's our show. Make sure you read all my stuff. I'm not going to list every site. They're on the screen. You could follow me on Twitter at Vinny Parisi. I retweet everything I write and Frankie Mueller's at app trigger.com. Um, follow him at the King Bean. That's our show. I hope everybody enjoyed all the hockey analysis we had today. By next week, more teams will have clinched, and there will for sure be um, some Western teams that clinched next year or next week by this next time. Next year. Yeah. Next week at this time, there will be a West team that clinches. Vegas could have clinched yesterday, but they choked. Um, th- so that'll be really interesting. Um Looking forward to that, though, and make sure you come right back here to discuss more hockey in addition to the other great shows at the Barroom Network. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their evening. Always stay hockey, always stay sports, and as always, thank you for listening.